audio. Yep. And then I'm going to go to the mic and I'm going to hit uh, this one here. Check. One, two. Hey, yes. there, there you go. Much better. Okay. Yeah, you figured it out. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's it. Thank you. Thank you very much. What do you have to tell everybody? I don't have to tell anybody anything. Okay. Are we interrupting your nap? It looks like you're sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) You ready? No, but go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Check. Check. Which one's better? That? That sounds awesome. That? About the same. That. The same. Are you doing the air? Am I doing my hair? Yeah, I'm going to do my hair. All right. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, hello. Damn, it's quiet. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. This is Johnny Bean. Neander Paul. Zims. Welcome. I feel weird Paul. being in the uh, in the Mancuda spot. Oh. I feel you like I have be... to be. I feel like I should be gay. You want to be center square? I don't care. doesn't matter to me. I'm just joking. There yeah, we go. So if I stand way over like this. Or sat rather. If I sat way over here, when the you know all the comments will cover me up completely. What? I have to stay way over like like because he has he has a small computer monitor, so he has his comments there. scrolling, so he can't. So see now himself. when people are watching at homes, um, they can't even see me in here because all the comments will be in the way. Uh, Dan doesn't know how this works. I don't know what that means. Nope. But either way, it's it's December 21st of 2021, 8.14 p.m. Eastern, 5.14 Pacific, 6.14, where they are, I think. Yes. Probably. <laughs> no, when I watch this show at my house on Friday nights and Saturday nights, and I'm on this show, this show is only on Tuesdays. Okay. All the comments scroll over on the right side of my television. They all scroll up and down the right side. So who's ever sitting way over on stage right, all the comments are covering them up. Oh, I see. So you're talking about- He watches about on a smart TV. What it looks like on the television. Yeah, on okay. the big TV, not on your phone. Nobody watches this on their phone. Everybody watches this on Everybody. their phone. Everybody watches everything on their phone now. The television, the radio, they're almost extinct now. Everything is it's it's on the phone. We've sacrificed uh fidelity for portability. We've sacrificed visual uh detail for portability. We what we watch stuff now, we're watching stuff on watches. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um so 
Yeah, I mean, people are starting to do that. So, yep. But I think yep. it's cool that you put it on the television. I, I, uh, I will stream. Um, I stream YouTube on my television occasionally. I usually stream RedTube on my television. Hey now. <laughs> I was waiting to see who would respond to that first. Johnny knows exactly what that was. I don't even know what that is. But I don't know what that is. I don't know. Yeah. Red, ask, stream, ask red stream. <laughs> Man, but uh, yeah, I I do the uh, the YouTube on the on the TV as well. Um, not just that. Um, uh, what do you call it? For the time being, uh, Disney Plus. So I can get through the rest of the uh, the get yes. back. You still haven't finished the Beatles documentary? I finished uh, first and second. Yeah, no. it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So so um, in the second three hour slot is when um, the keyboard player guy shows up. Yeah, Billy his name Preston. is Billy Preston. He's, he's sort of a yeah, Billy Preston. Guy. <laughs> he saved the sessions. And Billy because Preston, the Beatles wanted has... to do that whole thing live, they didn't want to overdub all their parts. They wanted to do it live. When Billy came in and started playing keys, they're like, okay, awesome. Now we can pull this off mm -hmm. and sound great because we have that keyboard player. That's the that's the problem with being a musician now without being in a band. And Johnny can identify with this as well. Um, when you make music, you have to make it piecemeal in your house. Um, you know, you break out the drum machine, you, you layer down the vocals or the bass or the guitars or whatever it is have to do. Yeah. And, and you have to do it piecemeal. So it's not quite, um, it doesn't have the same vibe. You know what I mean? It's very difficult to, and I understand why the Beatles did it. I understand why Foo Fighters just recently did it as well. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a difference no matter how many ways you do it in the studio you will never do it the way you will sitting in a room with your band playing at the same energy with live mics going in on, into tape. It just doesn't mm -hmm. come out the same. No matter how many times you try to do it, you can't replicate that vibe. Um, and that's why bands like the Beatles and Zeppelin and the Stones uh, were so much better than everybody else because they just sat in a room and played and, that, and the who and that energy came out uh, in it. And that's why bands, a lot of bands today, who do this stuff like piecemeal and do their tracks. You know, one guy does their tracks in LA. The other guy does their tracks in Miami, the other one in Nashville. And they all sort of assemble a piecemeal. It's nowhere near the same vibe. You can, you can approximate it, but it's, you'll never nail it the same way. Right. Yeah. I, although, you know, it sounds the, the quality is, is can be better than, than anything from back in the day, you know, can be in, instantly. It can be. Yeah, not be. always though. Not always. Like as I was saying, I was listening to Casey and the Sunshine Band this mm -hmm. week, um, and you know, because I, I like funk, and those were that that stuff was done on like sixteen track, you know, half inch analog tape, and and the separation of the instruments and layering and all that stuff is simple, very simple, nowhere near the the effects or the kind of processing that we have capable. I mean, Jesus, man, you can make a better record on your iPad than, than the Beatles did or Casey and the Sunshine Band or Zeppelin did technology-wise. Mm -hmm. But if the song isn't there and if the performance isn't there, no amount of technology is going to make it sound better. Right. It's got to be good going in. Shit in, shit out. That's what she said. Giggity. <laughs> Speaking of... Uh, going, going in for John Mancuda tonight. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Everybody, uh, Zims. So you're going to have to tell stories about your mother, um, your failed acting career. Uh, okay. You're going to have to show a guitar that nobody has ever seen before, and hopefully it'll have a connection <laughs> to a star. Um, and you're going to have to say something inappropriate that makes me have to go, hi, Ellie. Yeah. And Gretchen uh, Zeppelin was right. Do that. You know Gr- what? Gr- There's this site called Social Blade, and you got to sometimes you got to worry about um, your actual uh, little. They give you like an A plus, a B plus, a C plus. You got to worry about your score. And I think if you cuss too much, you might end up with a C minus. Oh no. Yes. C's for degrees. Um, Have you been on that site, Johnny? Social Blade. I've I've seen it. Yes. Yeah. It, it's a cool site. You can look up anybody's YouTube channel, kind of see how they're doing, how many subscribers they get every day. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. How many views they get every day on average, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were having a great conversation about music there, Dana. <laughs> and there's big uh, kiss news. What's the big kiss news today? <laughs> big kiss news. This is a this is a is random there? just a random collection of of thoughts that Dana is stringing together. Yeah, oh, no, you and Laz would do a chat. show. Everybody's talking about Kiss in the chat. Uh, okay. Wow. But hey, first of all, let's let's say hello to the executive producers here on Johnny Bean TV. They are the top tier of channel memberships, and they are Dave Ennis. Vinyl Freak 5150, Mike Nice, Music Therapy Laz, Majestic PB and J Cat, Wayno, False Flag, Sherman Callahan, Andy Carson, Michael B, R Habs, The Chad, Lenny Lou, and Mary, James Gum, John Moronic, Stephen Franklin, Michael Smith, The Captain, Thomas Santiago, Joe Christian, Jim Ray Hawkins, and Steve Carmichael. Steve Carmichael. Steve Carmichael. Somebody has to the, do it. That's the top tier of channel membership here on Johnny Bean TV, here on YouTube. If you'd like to become a channel member, click that join button right below the 19 thumbs ups. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you, thank you. And as always, if you'd like to help support, support the channel, support these shows, any super chats will change the color of my lights. Right now, it's kind of like a purplish, bluish. Pink type of thing depending on on where you're watching this if you're watching this on your iphone on your smart tv co- the color might slightly vary depending on the uh the, the definition of your uh your uh device and your whole background's not blurred out tonight no you went back not. you went back to how it used to be yeah i could there we go i could do that or you I can think. even do a little survey. Would you, what do is. you guys prefer? Johnny Bean in 3D? Whoa. I don't have that. I don't have that feature. It's a uh, StreamYard. It's called the virtual background. If you go to like, if you were to use like a, a green screen, it's the very first, yeah. very first uh, one. By the way, let me, Laz, are you in here, man? I see you, man. I see you. Laz, well... Maybe I won't say this. Okay. 
Um, Boy, Johnny, that was that was the epitome of a dry <laughs> mouth. No, that was. no the big thing was loud. Started to get all excited for a second, and then all of a sudden it was no. Last yeah, yeah maybe, 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 Paul have maybe a I won't, I won't mention that. I'm waiting to hear back from uh, from uh, uh, somebody on on this issue. It's Jesus a, a Christ complaint. Johnny, don't even don't just don't bring it up. So, if you're not uh, gonna if you're not gonna tell the story, just just yeah, you're just no. vague at this point. No, you're, I'm not. It's I'm so not vague. Even, it's like I'm not even gonna say it. So Laz vague. knows what I'm talking about, but good for Laz. Anyway, yeah, it's kind of a... you guys could have this conversation. Actually, you could have this conversation now because sh- it'll be more interesting than anything else that's going to happen on this show. <laughs> we could, but you know, uh, let's see what else. What else? We're live on Johnny Bean TV Facebook page where we have Facebook stars, which is kind of like a super chat for Facebook. Basically, live all over Facebook, Van Halen 1974 to forever, which actually I'm looking to, to possibly change the name of that group. So, any suggestions? Drop them in the comments. Drop them down below on playback. Let me know what uh, any ideas you guys have. We're live in the EVH Gear Live Facebook group and Facebook page and basically my personal profile and Twitter. So make sure to, uh, if you're watching this on Facebook, smash a thumbs up and and uh, say hi. Say hi in the chat. And really quickly, make sure if you want to connect with the Johnny Bean TV Please use WhatsApp because uh, before, if you text that phone number, if you call me on that number, just regular, I have no idea who you are. It's kind of scary. But if we add uh, each other as contacts on WhatsApp, I can save you as a contact. And it's just it's so much better. Right, Dan? Yeah. And so that way, if like Keith Campbell calls you, you'll be able to say, oh. It's Keith calling. I won't answer this one. And you just hit the right. delete button real quick. You sw- right. Swipe yeah, left. Because I have Keith Campbell actually as a contact in there. So if he did happen to call. Yeah. I would know. Yeah, there he is. I see him. You know? It's, it's just, you know, th- there's less screening time, you know, involved. Or screaming time. I guess. Fun, fun, fun. Whatever that is. So, so what? There's big kiss news? I don't think there's Oh, well, there is a birthday today. One of the four members, one of the, how many members of kiss have there been? One of the guys is having a birthday today. Uh, Can I just go ahead and say Peter Chris is having a birthday today? Uh, sure. Peter Chris is having a birthday today. Man, in in the chat, how old is Peter Chris? The <laughs> best singer Kiss ever had. What? Peter Chris, the best vocalist in the band. You're high. <clears throat> I'm gonna say he's probably seventy-two. Seventy? How old? Seventy-six is your guess? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's the oldest member of Kiss, wasn't he? Yes. He's eighty. I'm going to say he's 80 years old today. Really? He's 73 years old. I wouldn't be surprised, but... 75? 66? Let's see. Peter, Peter Chris. So he's... 
So he's not, he, he's obviously not a current member of, uh, of the Kiss band. But, how do you spell his name? Uh, ISS. <laughs> Happy birthday, December. Yeah, Neanderthal looks bored. Anybody uh, have a pick? Wait, I That's... think his birthday. I think his birthday was yesterday. Yeah, it was. It was a couple of days ago. <laughs> I'm just reading along in the comment. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that, you know. The best lead drummer in Kiss. That's not true either. <laughs> They're not my words. I'm just reading the chat. <laughs> hey. Hey, Zach. So, Paul, your vacation started today, didn't it? it certainly did. Nice. I'm doing nothing until January 4th. I was just saying to uh, actually Renus Pinkle. Funny you should ask. Renus Pinkle is asking if I dug into the head rush yet. I've had the head rush for almost a month, <laughs> almost a month now, and it has yet to be opened. On the desk? Yeah, it's just sitting on the desk. We could do an unboxing, I've, plug it uh, in episode. Yeah, no, I don't want to do that because sure good. because 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 finding the settings and setting it all up would be annoying to people who don't care um i'm getting pretty it set sure up, everybody getting... that is here wants to experiment with the brand new gear that you this is this over is, a month ago by everybody's by everybody's account this is the deal man this is this is the coolest little effects processor on the market right now everybody wants it it's the big christmas gift and i bought one about a month ago and it's been sitting on my desk ever since because I haven't plugged in. I've been just sitting here playing acoustically or just going direct into the amp. Um, but now that I'm on vacation and doing nothing for two weeks, I have time to dig into it. And that's really what I wanted to do. I didn't want to just sit down for an hour and like just play around with it and then have to take the dogs out or do other stuff. I wanted to be able to sit down and, and really dig into it and figure out how it works. So it's been sitting on my desk for weeks. And, yeah. and everybody says they're great. Stephen Franklin. Yes, they're great. That's what I hear. It looks that's, cool. That's what you're going to hear. Yeah, it's, everybody says they're cool. Everybody says it's the greatest little thing. Let's see. Let, let's, let's do a, a poll here. Uh, so he's going to open up the head rush uh, in the next week or two. And so I predict in the next month or two, he'll bring it into the shop and say, you know what? Nope. This thing isn't as great as everybody's making it out to be. If we I didn't want it for a couple of MXR pedals. Nope. I've got enough. I've got all the MXR pedals. I need it. I actually, I take that back. I need one. I probably need an MXR delay. Um, but other than that. Oh, Gretsch Zeppelin. These, these, uh, these headphones here. I only use these headphones, uh, during this show. These are not, these are not great headphones, um, for, um recording or audio because they're open they have an open ear they're akg monitors and, and at one point people like them um but i like to listen to my audio very loud in my headphones and so these have a tendency to feed back they're not not with this microphone um but these are not the greatest headphones in the world they're good backup studio headphones they're good for monitoring music and stuff but they're not they're not the greatest headphones if you're looking for a great set of headphones 
for decent money. Uh, Sony's MDR V6 is what you want. They're about a hundred bucks at wherever your local audio store is. Um, and those are the, those are the sort of the industry standard for good around the ear headphones. Yeah. But I those, used to use those. I used yeah. those for years, years. Yeah. Years, they're great years. headphones. And, they're, and they I still use little, them. They got air circulation, right? So your ears don't come out all sweaty. Uh, not the, not the Sony's no, but no. these things here, these things here, are, they're all right. I mean, they're, they're, you know, people like them, you know, 30 years ago. Um, but they're, they're just okay. I just use them for this show. That's the only reason why I have them is because I don't, I have no other use for them. So I just plug them into my computer and use them to monitor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're not great. Yeah, those Sony's though, man. Yeah. I used those for years. And yeah. Uh, MDR, I, they I, used to be MDR 7506. Now they're MDR V6, I think. I'm, or the I'm, other way I'm, around. I miss those headphones, whatever they're called. Yeah. They're 7506s now. If you go back and watch like early, early episodes of, of, of these types of shows on my channel, you'll see me wearing them and you'll see how they would break. And I would, I would roll duct tape on them. And I had like, it was like the worst looking setup, but I had to have them and I used them for as long as I could. Yeah, they're, I mean, so. they're, they're, they, and they, I, my first set of them lasted probably 12 years before they died. Um, and I still have them. They just, I, they got to the point where the, the leather, you know, around the ears got worn out so much that when I turned my head, they would feed back. And again, I listen to my monitors mm -hmm. pretty loud when I'm in the studio. Mm -hmm. um, so I can't have that. I can't turn my head and have he feedback. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. And there was nothing else like them as far as sound quality. Mm hmm. Yeah. Especially they had the best for, sound for yeah. recording and, and mixing. Nothing else I've used since has, has even come close to, to those. yeah so there's your there's your that answers your question about headphones yes yeah but you got to be careful you know you have to take a break from from blasting your your ears with those things yeah your ears will come out all red and it's like you've been out in 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 the, a blizzard they'll be well, burning not that. Your ears I, I, will be burning well I, I mean okay yeah i mean sound wise you know you're hearing uh, Stephen Franklin now asking about the microphone. This is an, uh, an <laughs> Electro Voice, Electro Voice RE20. <laughs> Electro Voice RE20 standard broadcast mic that you would see in most radio studios. Nice. And is that is that uh mic stand? Is that is that on the floor or is that on your desk? Yeah, it's a you know, it's a it's a pod mic stand up with a with an, no, I don't use an, uh, it's a mic stand with a, you know, the old steel iron base on it that I just put a gooseneck on because or a or a, you know, an angle on. But it's the old mic stand I used to use live. Mhm. Mm Same here. Same exact thing I yeah. have here. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. It's it's because you can never you can barely <laughs> barely knock them over that that's the, the the base is so heavy it's made out of cast iron mm -hmm. so and that's yeah. it fun that's fun <laughs> well so who's who's in here tonight who do who do we have zims can you see that the uh the text um, scrolling over you RV, uh 84 64 <laughs> i can't see that stuff I see Canton 55, James Stewart, Dan, Dan of New of Jersey. Jersey. Dan of New Jersey. Uh-huh. Renus. Sharon, Sharon. Wildballer. R2R3, Locking Nut. Yep. Coffee Keith Campbell. Or mentioned him. 
Keith Campbell, who I have as a contact on WhatsApp. Please add me to it. Please. Leo. Huh? Leo? Yeah. Leo, Leo Safko. Uh, we got uh, Ice in here. Joe Hervey 84, Black Salami. Janice Lala. Janice Lala. A lot of people watching. 89, 92 just jumped. Thrash 92. metal and fun riffs. Make sure to smash that thumbs up and subscribe if you are brand new to this. If you have no idea what this is. And uh, maybe, just maybe, we'll we'll get a, a raid later. That'd be kind of neat. Yeah, that that would be awesome. About an hour ago, I'm sitting here at my shop and I hear kaboom like a giant car crash. Oh I run gosh. out and and I have these big pillars in front of the building, right? And down here at the animal hospital at the end, an old man in a in a truck smashed right into one of those uh, giant pillars that hold our canopy up out here. And um, oh myself, you know, there's that certain age that unfortunately we get to where we shouldn't be allowed to drive anymore. And I think that's exactly what happened out in front of the uh, animal hospital here about an hour ago. So that added a little excitement into the store today. It was well, one of the are, things Have you been I, busy I, during the holidays? I ha It's been good starting about uh, last Friday. It sort of picked up. And today was kind of crazy. And I had like six kids in here and I call kids like, you know, dudes in their twenties and they do stuff like, Hey man, can we test out pedals? So I'm like, yeah, yeah. But luckily Neil was hanging out with me today. And so Which Neil is a phrase that's can, never been said before. Neil can handle dealing with, with the, the youngsters like that. I have no patience for it. And I see a, a guy picked up a Kramer that's got the locking nut and the Floyd, right? And he's up there trying to drop tune it. And I'm like, bro, that, <laughs> those are locked, man. What are you thinking? Oh, sorry, dude. My bad. Yeah. So shit like that annoys me. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're like, you're like this? But it's been cool. Yeah. I And I got a really cool guitar to just do a restring and a setup on. But I got a PV Wolf uh pv wolfgang to do a setup on so that'll be fun i love oh. working on guitars and doing research oh man we love bring something cool in let me show you guys this guitar. we love those guitar. guitars yes <clears throat> yes and hey oh, speaking oh, of whatsapp oh. <laughs> speaking of whatsapp and speaking of keith campbell see i know exactly it's keith. i know it's you because i have you on whatsapp i i see exactly who's calling me it's 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 okay. it's the greatest invention so, ever. So um, how's this gonna work with Dane? Is Dane gonna do the uh, the guitar uh, preview? I'm guessing, uh, sure. Yeah, I guess he's doing it right now. Okay. Oh, oh, there it is. Oh man. Which okay, which which one so is this that? thing is walked that, in today and I saw the guy uh, get out of his car and walk in here and I'm like, Oh, special. please let it be some dude that just wants to sell it and he needs some 
you know, he needs some Christmas money, a couple hundred bucks or something. Come on, man. Yeah, looks like goes, an EX, hey, I EXP special. On this. And I'm like, dang. It's a Korean EXP special, Johnny. Okay. Yeah, I, I remember those. Yeah, it's, that's a Korean EXP special. It appears to be. Uh, the one knob, it's a flat top, right? Dane? Mm-hmm. Flat top, one knob, photo flame, um, finish, uh, Korean Floyd, you know, PV. Um, that is your, that's your, you know, your, your later years budget model, um, that Eddie asked PV to make, to make them more affordable for people. Um, you can tell it's the EXP more often than not a, because it's a flat top, um, uh, mm-hmm. and and b because it has the one volume knob which you know the pvs had two volume knobs most of them yeah yeah my the one that i did the one that i had did yeah that's very similar to mine i have i have an american pv that has a very similar i can show you the difference between the two um they are significantly different guitars but all of that said those pvs for what they were were very good guitars you can't compare them to the american ones they're just not the same but for an import budget line guitar um the quality control on them was was pretty damn good yes renus pinkle you're right uh the exp i think is 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 coming in the amber and blue i think i think the exps there were a lot of blue ones too right yeah. But they're good. They're good guitars for what they are. Um, yeah. It's just not that. I mean, I'll go get the American one if you want to want to A B sure. next to each other. Yeah. Hang on a second. <laughs> Smash that thumbs up if you like uh Wolfgang guitars. We love them around here. Love them. That's right, James Stewart. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, he knows. He knows his guitars. He has he has a lot of them. So wait, so did someone trade that one in? No, they just brought it in for me to restring it for them. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, a couple of times a week I'll get, uh, you know, somebody wants to set up on something. Uh-huh. And so, so do, do, when it's something fun to work on like this, you do, know, do, I'm excited about it. Do, do you have a uh, an in-house uh, tech or is that? No, you? I do everything. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, I do it all. Mm-hmm. And you have somebody else to deal with the uh, with the customers. Uh, my son works here. <laughs> and he does all my editing. Uh, you guys know Zim's Guitars on YouTube. Subscribe for me. Uh-huh. And uh, my son does all my editing. I try to do a couple of videos every uh, week. If you had WhatsApp, you would know who that was instantly <laughs> okay <laughs> okay I, I i think that that wolfgang you're showing right now the flat tops i yeah. much prefer the flat tops over the arch tops what about you guys just why, well, how, well why would you say that it just who's that oh it's 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 like playing a strat versus a Les Paul that the strings aren't all away from you. 
it just feels better. What about you guys? Who's it's calling? Kurt. We want to know who we're talking with. My name's Kurt. Kurt. Yep. I've called you a few times. I'm just curious. Kurt 5150. Yes. Wow. No, it's not. No, 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 no. No, just Kurt. <laughs> That's Kurt 0812. So I'm just curious. I ask the other guys. I'm just curious. I will. No one ever talks about that. We're going to have a little conversation about him right now. We've talked about it for years. Okay. <laughs> That's all we talk about. Yeah. All so, right, so again, this is a Korean-made PV. And what were the years that um, these Wolfgangs were made out of the PV factories? Well, you go 96. Late, late 90s. Yeah, 96 through... Uh, 96 through 04? This one, the serial number starts with an 03. So. Yeah, that's because it's a Korean. It's in 2003? No, just the Korean ones. There's really no rhyme or reason to the serial numbers with regard to the year. Um, they started making the EXPs a little bit later on because um, for all intents and purposes, as we all know, Eddie Van Halen signature, signature guitars are pricey. Um, and Ed, one of Ed's issues with Ernie Ball, and, and correct me if I get anything wrong here, Johnny, because I know you know this as well, um, one of the problems with Ernie Ball is that they couldn't make them in enough numbers for a price point that mm. Eddie could cash in on. Essentially, he wanted to make, you know, because he got X amount of dollars per unit sold and he wanted to make sure that there were a lot of them, enough of them being made to meet customer demand. And so PV, who had a mass production facility down in, in Mississippi, in Meridian, Mississippi, could pump those things out. But then they couldn't pump them out made in America at a price point that Eddie wanted to get them out to the people for so he outsourced them and they cut some corners and made them in korea correct me if i'm if i got any of that wrong johnny that's probably true so as far as cutting corners <laughs> what did they what did they do to this guitar that would cut they took the tone knob out well they took the tone knob out <laughs> okay they took the tone knob out uh the finish is a is a laminate on the top it's a flat top so if you uh -huh. notice if you see the carve see the way that the light is shining off this it is an yeah. arch top but unlike uh, your guy that just called in, he was like, well, you know, the arch top puts it way away, puts the strings way away from the body. The arch on these is not actually that that pronounced. It's not pronounced like it was like it is on the new ones or or like it is on on a Les Paul or, or you know, any other single cut. Um, the arch is fairly benign. I mean, you can see it. You can see the way the shadow, the way the light's hitting this thing up by the top bout. Mm -hmm. um, but the arch is not that pronounced. That said, it still costs more money to mill it that way. Um, so they did that. They took the tone knob out of it. Um, the the tremolo system is not American made from by PV. Um, and just the manufacturing is a little bit different. You know, I mean, obviously, when you mill things off of a, uh, a mass production line versus, you know, hand tooling uh, American craftsmanship, there's going to be a little bit of drop off usually. Now, again, the ROI, this is like a you know was at the time you know 2600 bucks is that right johnny right around that area probably um, they, yeah, they, this was yeah 26 to 2800 dollars for one of these and that guitar was it was you know 799 he told me he paid 800 for this when he got it yeah 799 yeah under um thousand. and yeah the heel is different the cutaway to the heel flip that guitar around oh yeah that's a lot different yeah they've milled they milled the back differently mm-hmm 
Uh, and the neck is not as is not bird's eye. Look, I mean, you look at that neck; it's just your typical one piece maple neck. Yep. Versus the bird's eye on this. I mean, it's just that you know w w quality of the wood cut, uh, the milling of the top. Other than that, though, I think the pickups are the same. Um, I, I think the pickups I, are exactly yeah. the same. That's the best part of that guitar is the fact that the pickups in that guitar and the pickups of the, in this guitar are exactly the same. Yeah, I I, I think they are. What's the bridge I believe they are too. You, have? you what? What's the bridge in the one that you have? This is there? this is an American. This is an American. PV Floyd, you know, license knockoff. If you look at the difference, I mean, look at the way that is set in the guitar versus see how that is milled. I mean, there's a, there's a, the, the guitar itself is recessed and milled so that this thing mm -hmm. is decked into the oh, guitar. Yeah, this one's on top. This yeah. is laid up on top. Yeah. This is decked into the guitar. Yeah. Um, this, these were milled so that it is literally, you can't, it's flat into the super thick on that. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is a again, is it a two thousand or twenty five hundred dollar difference? I don't know if it is or if it isn't. Well, these days the the one Zims is holding it, they're going for way more than than they were uh yeah, the profit, yeah, the profit margin. Now? The profit it's margin on selling one of those versus the profit margin on selling one of these. Again, these went for twenty six to twenty eight hundred dollars new. All right, and you can probably get twenty eight to thirty five for them now. That went for that this went for seven ninety nine new, and they're going from anywhere from fifteen to twenty two hundred now, depending on who who you want to get to buy them. So, certainly mm -hmm. the resale profit margin on that guitar is significantly higher than this one. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Learn something new every day. But they're very similar. They're not. They're not that different. I mean, obviously, it's. I don't know that it's a, an eighteen, nineteen hundred dollar difference between this guitar and that guitar, and that only you can tell the difference. I can tell you, I've owned four of these, and this is the nicest one I've ever held. Um, and I and and like every guitar, you can pick up a dozen of them, and you'll get twelve different feels. This feels the best. This is the best PV I've ever felt. I'll tell you the very worst thing about this guitar. There's no strings on. <laughs> well, yeah. That. And you're playing and you're holding it. It's really it makes oh, no oh, oh. You by can't the way, get any noise out of this thing at all. Say what you will, this guitar has been in its case for well over a year. I really haven't touched it or played it. Ready? Not bad. Hold it closer to the mic. Hold it up by your mic. That's not bad. Sounds That's good. A little bit flat. But, I mean, that's that's pretty good for being in a case in Arizona for the better part of a year. It's still fairly in tune. So say what you will about, about PB. Now, that said, it's still not as good as the Ernie Ball. The Ernie Balls are the nicest ones that, I, that, that they made. Going to go put it back. Uh, Renus Pinkle asks, Ernie Ball Axis versus PV Wolfgang? Uh, the the old axes, I would take the old axis and the old Eddie Van Halen over the Wolfgang. That said, again, this Wolfgang, I would take over my axis. This one feels better than the axis. I agree. And hello, you're on the air. Hey, Johnny, how are you? Good, good. Who's this? 
It's Charlie S. How are you, man? Charlie S. Great to hear from you, man. Good, good. Hey, listen, I, I hate to change the subject, but I just want to, I just want to uh, know if you saw David Lee Roth's uh, plastic chair video and what you guys think about it. Uh, when was that? Was that today? Mm, no, a couple days ago. A couple days ago, I did not see that. Did you, any, any of you guys see oh, that? You got to you, you got to check it out. Plastic chair video. Yeah, yeah. So it's a video with him and his dog going around different cities, sitting in uh, different parts of the street, and this bizarre folk song that he's singing. Oh, it's original. Okay, I think I think uh, I think I heard about that. I did not see that. Was it yesterday? Yeah, it's on. It's on YouTube. Maybe it was, maybe it was it, yesterday. It's on his. Uh, it's on his uh, channel. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll check it All out. Right, Definitely. Have a good night. Definitely. Have okay. a good night, man. You too. Take care. Thank you, man. I would agree with Bo Zeke. The Ernie Ball Music Man Wolfgangs are better than any. Uh, I mean, Ernie Ball Music Man are better than the Wolfgangs. Uh, I would say that the PV Wolfgangs are better than the EVH Wolfgangs. Um, uh, but I would say that the EVH Wolfgangs are great guitars. So, you know, I, I own one EVH, I own one PV, and I own multiple Ernie Balls now. Sherman Callahan, thank you so much for the super sticker. And it's funny, somebody said I need to play my guitars more. I do play my guitars a lot. I just rotate them. And so when you have a couple dozen guitars, some of them sit longer than others. Right. Yeah. And when you do a string change show, you 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 get to go through the guitars and change a the strings change, on. A string change. <laughs> and that's the other thing. I mean, Jesus. I mean, this thing, again, has been sitting. It rings. Yeah. And I haven't done anything to tune it. It's just these these things ring out. They're great guitars. Uh, uh, you know, I'm. It sucks that PV stopped making them. I know that they make the HP special or HP whatever. They're not the same guitar at all. Nowhere no. near the same. And prior to these guitars, PV made very spotty guitars. These were certainly the guitar that saved the brand. Um, and and I love this guitar. It's actually when I play this, I'm like Jesus. I want to get a couple more now. But I know that I've owned multiple ones, and they don't all feel great. PV's biggest mistake was losing Eddie Van Halen, right? I don't know that it was a choice. <laughs> Hello. Johnny? Yes. Hey, Johnny, I was wondering, do you know if Alex Van Halen ever played on anybody else's albums, or was it just uh, Van Halen albums? As far as uh, us nerds know, it was just Van Halen albums. Hmm. So no special guests anywhere or nothing, huh? As far as recorded huh? commercial stuff, yeah, no, no, huh? not not okay. that I know of. They're right. still fun. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. We still have hope, though, that Alex might do something somewhere. Mm -hmm. Wolfgang has said he doesn't think that that's going to happen. No, as I think far he's retired. As, the Roth, as far as the Roth show, that's not not true. I think Alex is done. I think he's going to retire. He's got plenty of money. I don't think he's interested in doing anything. 
Um, I think he's just going to go off and be an old man. And that's okay. Steve Carmichael. Wait a minute. Does Alex have children? Mm-hmm. He does? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I, you know, I think other than, I know he's, I know uh, Al has done, I don't know if he's played on any stuff, but I know he's played live shows like Buddy Rich live shows and sat in that kind of stuff. But I don't think he's ever played on an album. Not nothing, nothing commercial like like guest appearance. Um, Edward has obviously. Uh, supposedly, Michael Anthony has. I think Edward is supposedly. on that Private Life record too, the one that he produced. Where um, at the where, pink where you... one? I forget which song, but the I, pink I bet one. you. So the second one. You know, yeah, I have the... a thought though. What I about? Bet you, I bet you've heard it too, right, Johnny? You've heard it. You go. That sounds like Eddie's in there, dude. I had those brand new when they came out. I saw the band when they opened for Van Halen in '88. Right. Um, so, but the truthfully, I haven't heard those albums since. Although I actually did for some reason, I was watching some of their videos the other day on on YouTube. Um, so I've actually, I've had, I've, I've, I've been thinking of them lately. Yeah. I listened to, I listened to the pink record. I forget just the, you know, the, the self-titled pink one. Um, the pink one, they only had, they only had the, the two, the two. Yeah. And only one was big, was, was semi big. Um, let me see if I can find the song. Um, but it's, it's, I, I heard it. I was like, Hmm, that sounds an awful like EVH on the, you know, buried in the track. What on about about some of the Sammy solo stuff? You know that Eddie came in and played bass on some of that. Where he goes, dare some of that kind of he, stuff. He did I a whole album. Been in on he, some of that. Oh yeah, Eddie did. Eddie yeah, Eddie played a lot of bass on Sammy stuff. Right, just so it wouldn't sound like a Van Halen record. He, he did a whole the, he did a whole album with him. Al, right, Alex might have played on some of that stuff. Maybe. No. Uh, I don't think he was in the credits. I think it was it was uh, 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 Sammy's drummer that was on that. La- What's his name? Lauser? Lauer? David Lauser. Lauser. Bro. Bro is his name. David Lauser, then Alex Van Halen. Um, and, the, and, and Eddie, obviously, the Starfleet record. He's great on that. Yeah. And the Michael Jackson stuff. And I love everybody. The never everybody talks about the Never Said Goodbye album, which was just called Sammy Hagar originally, and then they renamed it for some strange reason. They renamed it because they they had a contest uh, for somebody to to uh, to name it, and this this girl won the contest, and and that was her pick was Never Say Goodbye. I I used to buy, I used to buy Van Halen uh, memorabilia from her in the mid nineties. Like the tour books and and bootleg cassettes and stuff. Yeah, Brian May did test positive for the big disease that we don't talk about. <clears throat> he said Recently? Brian May had a yeah Brian May had a pat has it's had a rough rough couple of years between his his ass injury and um you know dealing with other various illnesses. I mean, getting old sucks, and he's pretty old. But mm-hmm. he's great. Brian May is, I mean, I think Brian May may be one of the three most underrated guitar players of all time. I don't think that he gets credit for being as good as he is because Queen's music was 
guitar oriented in the beginning and then became mm-hmm. so sort of so sort of so poppy and so well known for the vocal talents of it that Brian's guitar and he's another one of those guys that when you hear him play his tone is instantly identifiable yeah it's a total it's Brian, you know it's sound. Sound. keep yourself alive that song keep yourself alive is just like all guitar heavily flanged super cool it's when we first really heard that tone but but there are guys that they can just plug in and hit a chord and you know you can just tell with your eyes closed you can tell who it is um you know obviously eddie is one of those uh i think steve stevens is one of those um and brian may is one of those they're just got and angus you know you just you just know who it is from one chord it's you know and obviously it's in their fingers in their hands whatever it is what about um, Slash? Does he fall into that? No, I think Slash has a great tone, but I don't think if you just heard Slash <laughs> play, you know, play an A, I don't think that you know it's Slash. I think anybody with that setup is going to sound like that. Now, once Slash starts playing and he's into his, you know, his solos, like that legato mm-hmm. solo, that run at the end of Paradise City, uh, and the end guitar solo mm-hmm. of Paradise City, he does a legato uh, run, descending run that is as good as anything that's ever been recorded, um, and that is phenomenal. And that you can tell it's slash, but as far as just hitting one chord, no, I don't think you can tell. Oh, yeah. I understand, Bozik. I know the chords are mostly Malcolm, and you're right. But when you hear, when you hear Angus, like when he just played the the opening chord of, let's say, like Guns for Hire, live, and he plays that that very first, you just know that's that's Angus. There's a filth that he gets with just his fingers an SG and a Marshall dimed. Um, there's just something that comes through the, comes through the guitar through Angus's hand. His, there's something about his touch that is, that is singular, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. But can you say the What's same thing? Ted Nugent? Ted Nugent does that. Um, Ted Nugent is, Ted Nugent has basically taken what Chuck Berry did and Angus Young did and, and just taken it to another level. What I like about Ted Nugent's playing and the reason why Ted Nugent has what he has um, is that he plays through hollow bodies. You know, that Gibson Birdland gives him a much rounder sound. It's almost like, it's like a jazz guitarist playing hard rock because the, the just the mm-hmm. tone of the guitar. He did, Ted Nugent doesn't have the same tone when he has the Birdland as he does when he has the Paul Reed Smiths in his hand. It's two different styles, two different sounds, and I don't know mm-hmm. that it works the same. But Ted Nugent had, you know, he had different tones throughout his career. His The early part of his career was way more psychedelic. Uh, then he went through the Little Miss Dangerous tone where it was very processed, uh, and now it's a little bit more raw again. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really liked his damn Yankees. Terrible Ted. Um, Ted's a Ted's a great Ted's a great guitar player. Ted's a guy that, um, unfortunately, his mouth has diminished the appeal of his musical style. Uh, whether you agree, disagree, or or or, or you're indifferent to it, um, you know, sometimes an opinion is formed about somebody regardless of their musical ability, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, it's the whole you alienate half our audience by saying that. Sure, I don't care. Yeah, well, Ted's got Ted's got a big enough audience, and he's got enough money, and he's got enough outside musical interests. He's been around long enough where he can afford to make those sort of statements. But an, an, a younger musician uh, who takes a stance like Ted Nugent is committing fair career suicide. So, and even if Ted's uh, career went completely bankrupt, he could still go out in the woods and shoot a rabbit and cook it up, and he'd sure. be fine. 
Um, Can't Drive 55 brings up Satch and Vi. Uh, both similar tones. Vi, definitely, you can tell his touch. When Steve Vi makes it, does a guitar run, you know it's Steve Vi. Um, mm -hmm. Again, it's in his fingers. Um, same mm -hmm. thing with Satriani. It's in his fingers. Although Satriani, there's so much processing in his sound um, that I think a lot of guitar players that have similar technique, you know, and I'll use Johnny's friend Alex uh, as an example. I think if if Johnny's friend Alex sat down in front of Satriani's rig and picked it up and you shut your eyes, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the two. I don't think that Satriani's tone and touch are singular, but I do think that they're magnificent. I think it's great, but I think there are a lot of guys that sound like Satriani. What about um, Brian Setzer? Brian Scott Setzer's Setzer, fucking awesome. He's got a unique tone unlike nobody else. Absolutely. He's the only one that does what he does. He's the only one that does what he Christmas does. Is thing right now? What? He does that Christmas thing every year. Is he out doing his Christmas tour right now? I haven't heard anything out of Brian. No, I mean, he does. I, I don't know that he does it. He's doing it this I year. I mean, obviously, I don't, I don't know. Think a lot of people are taking time off this not, year. But I haven't heard anything. The orchestra? Yeah. I, but, no, he's, I mean, Brian Setzer's freaking awesome. Brian Setzer's a great guitar player. No tour dates currently. Yeah, I mean, that rockabilly thing that he does, that Dwayne Eddy, um, you know, open, open Gretsch, you know, big, big yeah. hollow body Gretsch. And the whole band, uh, you know, a whole horn section and everything. Oh, yeah. Christmas stuff, yeah. stuff that he does. Yeah, I that know would be drummer. That'd be a great I'm, date night. I'm Facebook friends with the drummer that plays with him because he used to play with Andy Summers. Yeah, Brian. Andy, Bernie Andy Dressel is his name. Does Andy have the could hit an A chord and everybody would know, oh, that's the police. Um, I think only because of the amount of chorus that he uses, chorus with, and reverb. With his setup. With, with his, yeah, with his setup. He does have a sign yeah. total signature sound there. Yes. Yeah. And and beyond it, and you know, somebody mentioned uh Alex <laughs> Lifeson. If you want to know how much influence Andy Summers had in the in the late 70s, early 80s, listen to moving pictures from Rush, right? And then listen to signals from Rush. And there's a completely different guitar tone because that that offbeat stinging, it's almost reggae twin tone stinging that Andy Summers brought to the pop music. Stinging, literally. Yes. No <laughs> pun intended. You know, those stings, Dang. those those musical stings in between the in between the measure. Um <laughs> Andy was singular. Again, another guy's we talk about singular guitar players. He's my um, man. Yeah, Andy's he's, Andy's he's... super underrated and way older than anybody realizes. He was actually in uh, a version of the animals, the band that does the House of the Rising Sun, that old yeah. 60s song. Andy was in a version of that band that opened for Hendrix. He had he knew Hendrix. He used to jam yeah. with Hendrix. Yeah. And and uh, he he actually had quote unquote made it 10 years before the police. Oh yeah. No, Andy you know? Andy was Andy didn't need the police. He he um, basically he, he he basically uh uh forgot all his all everything to join the police because they're like, hey, we're on to something and and took a chance and it paid off. So Big if time. Andy Summers never met Sting, he still would have had uh, a career in yes, music. Yes, I don't know that he wouldn't oh, be yeah. in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but he would certainly have had a career. Yeah, he wouldn't have been in the Police, but he he would be a session definitely. He's been on twenty million records just as a guitar player. Yeah, Tw he he has. 
Yeah. He's been on a long I heard he, yeah. um, they were thinking about him being in actually being in the Rolling Stones for a while there. Huh. It's possible. Didn't he audition for the Stones before they got he did or John Biel, is that true? It's possible. I mean, he's the age, the age time time period works out. It's possible. Um, I don't know enough about Andy Summers to give you that that level of but uh somebody else brought up a lot of uh a lot of chorus and flanger and you're absolutely right andy summers actually did what the edge does in u2 long before the edge did it um i, I think would... it was the echoplex that he was so popular for using it, that became so popular was that stereo echoplex he, he used he an echoplex and Stuart copeland used an echoplex on his snare drum yeah on on the mic yeah Walking on the moon, the hi hat stuff, so mm-hmm. tight that it's that jazz. band, is so Very jazzy. Good. That was what was you great about the police. Deep. The police took took world music, uh, you know, and and combined it with punk. They took you know reggae and mm-hmm. and that ska twin tone sound and combined it with punk and jazz. Um, there is no other band on the planet that sounds like the police, and and when you right. can say that. When you can say that about a band, then they are legendary. When there's a band, right. and, and 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 by the way, the police smart enough to walk away, whether or not they did it on their under under, you know, uh, uh, amicable parting or not. But they were smart enough to walk away on top and didn't become a parody of themselves, like so many other bands have. Um, they realized, mm-hmm. okay, synchronicity is as good as and as big as it's going to get. We're going to walk away now. Best to best to stop this right now. They they basically they walked away and they they basically handed their career i guess over to you too yes you you took it and became the next police as far as that that uh uh success now you too would have been successful anyway but i think when the police getting out of the way kind of in the way that you know not to make the comparison because they're nowhere near as good but kind of in the way that godsmack had a career because alice and chains fell apart if alice and chains hadn't split up godsmack would never have happened it would never have been a thing because they were a weak version of Alice in Chains during a time that Alice in Chains were on hiatus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the guys uh, in Godsmack have been lucky. 90s. Don't what? go into the 90s. I don't want to hear that Godsmack. <laughs> Let's get back to the 80s. We were on something there. With you, you, gotta, you gotta progress. What about Keith Richards? Now, he wouldn't hit an A, but he'd hit like an open G chord. An open G, yeah. Could you, could you, tell, the, could you tell Keith Riffer, Keith Richards' riff without anything else going on? Just Is it that identifiable? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think that, I think that the stones are the sum of the parts. I mean, Keith's solo hmm. stuff is cool. But there's something about when Keith is playing with Ron or Keith was actually, to be honest with you, my favorite years of the Stones are the the Mick Taylor years. Mick Taylor brought Mick Taylor did for the Stones for me what Joe Walsh did to the Eagles and brought brought some brought some some grit, some filth to the band. Uh, Keith is great. um, But but Mick Taylor brought the devil into into the Rolling Stones, brought the brought a little bit of the sinister um into that band that i think that's my the period that i love the most of the stones is that that mick taylor years yeah i just you know the further you you get deep into how 
Keith tuned his guitar and he didn't have a low E string on there and he would tune to the open G tunings and all those tunings that that's some cool stuff. And he, he, I don't know how he came up with that back in the, in the sixties or early seventies, you know, is the late sixties, but somebody somewhere taught him couldn't afford a new one. He stole it from, he stole it from the black blues players. The black blues players would play and break strings and then just tune and make and and just use two fingers and go and do all that. And that's where that's where Keith got a lot of his a lot of his style from. And by the way, that's the great thing about Keith Richards. Keith Richards has a thing, um, which which is, you know, <laughs> Andy's Keith Richards and he's Keith fucking Richards. <laughs> um, yeah. Stephen Franklin brings up Tom Schultz is a guy that has a definitive tone, but that's that's equipment. Um, although yeah. I will tell you, if you listen to some of the guitar solos on that, I mean, that, look, the first Boston album is unassailable. You can't badmouth it. Um, we've all heard it a 9 million times and we're tired of it. You hear um, it every day. I hear it every day um, on my job. Um, <laughs> that said, you listen to, um, you listen to foreplay a long time from start to finish. It is an absolute motherfucker of a piece of music. It, it is. is just perfect um i mean the worst song on on boston's debut album is something about you I, in my opinion is something about you and even that is magnificent i mean that record is is perfect it sounds perfect the songwriting is perfect the playing and performances by all members of the band are perfect brad delp's vocal performance is is unparalleled for a debut album it mm -hmm. is it is. It should be up there with the White Album and with Dark Side of the Moon, um, or or Sergeant Pepper and Dark Side of the Moon, or whatever whatever the great rock albums of all time. The first Boston album should be in that category of one of the top five rock albums in the history of recorded music. It is amazing. Mm -hmm. Kurt's got another question. Go ahead, Kurt. Okay. Hey, you guys. You guys talking about legendary guitar guys. Where do you guys put Neil Sean from Journey? I'm putting him top five, top three, all time. How about you guys? He's a solo master. What do you guys think? Well, he, he follows me on Twitter, so I think he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Neil is underrated. Uh, I would not put him in top three, top five. According to Kurt, he's not. Is it Kirk or Kurt? I'm sorry. According to Kirk, Kurt, Kurt, Kurt. he's top three. So he's not yeah, under. I, I, I would not say I would not say Neil Sean is is a top three player. I would agree that he is an underrated player. Um, I would say that Journey found the exact same formula that ACDC found on a different level, and that is they wrote songs that rocked enough for guys, uh, and the pop uh, hooks were amazing for women. Uh, Journey is the epitome of great corporate rock. Um, they are, they, I mean, you listen to the solo in Faithfully, you listen to the solo um, in Who's Crying Now, you listen to the solo in, in um, you know, Be Good to Yourself. I mean, you, I mean, the guitar solos and Journey songs are, are really, really fucking good. Um, and Neil did the HSAS record with Sammy Hagar, which I think is the best thing that either of them have done in their career. I think the HSAS record is a phenomenally Whoa. underrated album. Phenomenally underrated record. And it's live, right? Yeah, pretty much. Isn't yeah, it's it? live. And it goes back to that the discussion we were having earlier about about live, you know, yeah. recording live. Yeah. I uh, had that. Journey one. is great. 
Yeah, I um, think Journey. I think Journey is awesome. Yeah, they are. They're absolutely the, the. You know, we can joke about. You know, we joke about certain bands. If it weren't for Journey, that corporate rock thing wouldn't have happened. I mean, you know, Journey was so good. Jefferson Airplane became Jefferson Starship and started to to sort of become like Journey. Journey is yeah, so good. Kansas, <laughs> Kansas started to sound like Journey. Journey is so good. Foreigners started to sound like Journey. I mean, there's a, <laughs> it's. I mean, Journey did something that is that is pretty amazing. That was that was game changing. Um, is it innovative? Not really. I mean, look, the first couple of Journey records are basically Santana records. The next record and and the stuff that they did, you know, before. Uh, Steve Perry joined the band. Yeah, it started mm -hmm. to do well. Greg Rowley was an okay vocalist, and he wrote okay songs. But when Jonathan Cain came in from the Babies and started writing hits for Journey, they became so much better. It's almost like when Phil Collins took over for Genesis. Great bands, but there was this tipping point that happened that went from went from good to legendary. Uh, and yeah. Journey became legendary when Jonathan <laughs> Cain started writing their music. To money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when it's all said and done, um, you can, you know, I, a friend of mine, a friend of mine worked for Roadrunner Records, which was the record company that Nickelback was on when they had their their extended run of just you couldn't get the hell away from Nickelback. Um, and he says, you know, I would like to hate Chad Kroger, um, but he paid for the addition on my house. And he's right. Mm -hmm. I mean, when it's all said yeah. and done, even Mark McGrath said it. Mark McGrath said, I would hate me if I weren't in this band. I would hate this band if I weren't in it. Johnny Resnick from Goo Goo Dolls. Goo Goo Dolls were a fantastic sort of hardcore punk band from mm -hmm. Buffalo. And then they were like, oh, wait, if we write a hit, we can get mm -hmm. fucking rich. Uh, yeah, Journey figured can, out the same I thing. Buy a house instead Journey of renting can, an apartment. Yep. Journey figured out the same thing. And John Mayer figured this out, too. John Mayer. Uh, can sell 100,000 records as John Mayer, who's basically better than Joe Bonamassa. He's, John Mayer's a fantastic guitar player. He can sell 100,000 records as John Mayer, the amazing guitar player, or he can write pop songs and sell millions, and he figured it out. Joe Bonamassa's a name drop. Most people don't know who Joe Bonamassa is. He's a great guitar player. Nobody cares. John Mayer is a household name. I actually and like he's a great guitar player. I like yeah. some of the new John Mayer stuff, surprisingly enough. He's great. And what's weird about John is he puts out a YouTube video and it's a guitar lesson. He goes, Hey, I just want to show you guys a little bit about the, you know, a minor pentatonic. And yeah. like, he's, he's doing a video. He's self-aware. He's doing a guitar lesson. He's self-aware. And I think that's great. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, uh, I don't know if anybody has seen it, but John Mayer would go out into the parking lot during John Mayer concerts, dressed in costumes and make fun of John Mayer. Try and get how people get how you find out how people feel about John Mayer and like and put it on video and stuff like <laughs> he's he's uh, he's self aware he seems like a good guy um, he's a phenomenal guitar player at the level of Eric Clapton at the level of Gary Clark at the level of Joe Bonamassa or better um, but he realized I can do this and be credible or I can do this and be wealthy. And it is the music business. You want to mm -hmm. be credible? Sit in your room, play your guitar, play, be credible. You want to make mm -hmm. millions? Write a hit. You want women and, at your shows? It, write a hit. It's kind of interesting that if you can write a song that women love, you're on a whole different plateau. If you can make a girl cry or if you can make a girl just love your song. Well, you got, you got more people. You got more people than, loving you. Than doing heavy metal songs for a bunch of teenage boys. It's a whole different thing. Yeah. Women control the budget. They do. They control the pocketbook. 
Yeah. Um, and that's, and that's ultimately what it takes. Look, I can tell you as somebody who works in the broadcast industry, we can be, we can be great with men. We have great numbers with men. Um, you know, we're one of the top two rated morning shows in the market overall, but if you take women out of that equation, we drop down. Women control the world. They control the budget. They make mm -hmm. the purchasing decisions in the house. They usually, uh, take care of whatever, whatever food and, or supplies are needed. Um, you know, we are under this mistaken impression that men run the world. We really don't. We do everything we can to what, to find a woman because and we all want our money. Yeah, to keep her happy. That's what we do. Um, women run the world. And if you don't write, then you know, look, I love Motorhead. I think I've seen less than 100 women in a Motorhead show. Um, I do not enjoy Dave Matthews Band, but there are a lot of good looking women at a Dave Matthews Band show. <laughs> so and just so you guys know, we were talking about my girlfriend uh, last week. Uh, but actually, last night, me and my girlfriend, we watched three movies back to back. Wait a minute. Did you just do show prep? For me, I was, was the one facing the television. And he's drinking bang. Look at this. Oh, did you write that? Did you spend all afternoon writing that joke, Dan, and we fucked it up? <laughs> yeah, say that again. I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Deliver okay, that joke okay, again. I'll go ahead. again. One more time. Take another shot at it, Dan. Uh, last two. night, me and my girlfriend, we watched three movies back to back. Fortunately for me, I was the one facing the television. <laughs> That's pretty bad jokes. You can YouTube them. <laughs> going to give you guys a dad joke every week, every Tuesday. I hope you guys are probably yeah. going to not let me I've, come on. If I I've got them too. continue that. That just happened. I've got them too. What was it? The one that I heard today. Did you hear about the 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 uh, the new restaurant called Karma? Um, I know this joke, Johnny. Karma? No, I what? haven't. Mm -hmm. There's there's no menus, but you get what you deserve. <laughs> All right, I, got I, I, I heard that one today. All right, I got another one. A baby seal walks into a club. <laughs> An invisible man and an invisible uh, married an invisible woman. Okay, an invisible man married an invisible woman. Uh, their kids are nothing to look at either. <laughs> wow, they're all on. They're all. You can Google dad jokes they're everywhere. No, no, I, I can't. Uh, yeah, I did make a Merry Christmas video on my channel. I want you guys to all watch it. It's only yeah. You know what's a good idea, Dane, is going on somebody's show and plugging your channel. <laughs> I know. You tell <laughs> a joke and plug the channel. You show Bang Energy. <laughs> plug the YouTube channel. Thank you, Janice. I got to put this away. I have to put this away and get some more Pepsi. I'll be right back. There is seven hundred. And some milligrams of caffeine in this Bang Energy drink. Oh, my gosh. Do you, you usually drink that stuff? A, it's like four cups of coffee. If you have just a big old 16-ounce Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew yeah. there's 71 grams of uh, caffeine in that. That Bang Energy has 700. Does it just make and you crazy? drinks those things? I... In the chat, who who watches? Do you guys watch? 
what am I saying? All these who, guys. Who, who drinks energy drinks in the chat? We got 116 watching. Do you guys drink energy drinks? Yes or no? I drink tea. I drink black tea. Anything worse than that, and I just I go crazy. Can't take it. Uh, Joe Harvey, eighty-four. Thank you so much. Sub today. Subs today. (laughs) (laughs) I work really hard on my YouTube channel. Not really, but some days I work hard on it. Mm -hmm. Some days it's a lot of fun. Oh, you know what I got? And the video comes out tomorrow. Real quick, I got a package from Sixty Cycle Hum. He's the YouTuber down in uh, San Diego, right? No idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, His name's Ryan. His channel is called Sixty Cycle Hum. He ended up with. Something like 280 some of these Acer um, digital reverb pedals. And the company just gave him like two, maybe 300 of these things because about 10% of them um, were malfunctioning. So he gave them, so this company gave him. What color is that? 208, it's brown, an Acer reverb. And so Azer gave him like, you know, 284 or something like that. You guys probably have seen, some of you guys probably have seen the video. But uh, he sent me one. So how cool is that? I got one. And it works. Nice. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. that that really is a, a brown. Yeah, made in China. Sounds good, though. Um, you know, I, I did a video on it. It comes out at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. I, um, I set it up in my deluxe reverb tone master amplifier. And so I played this for a second and you can see where I have the knobs, the mix and the dwell. God, look at what that bang all does. the way off. It's shaky. I've got all that caffeine in me now. Yeah. You gotta be careful with that, with that bang energy, man. Yeah, so you can see where I have the mix and the dwell almost off because this thing is over the top. It would probably go better if you were in an effects loop because it is way over the top. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a turd. It's a turd, but uh, it was kind of cool to have something show up in the mail once in a while. I thought that what was that that nice. that uh, delay that I bought from you that you got <clears throat> the blue one that you just resold I thought was a turd. Oh, it's a Delta, Delta Lab. Delta, Delta Lab, Lab yeah. which was a Guitar Center house brand. Yeah, that was well. It wasn't originally. Um, it was originally based out of Massachusetts, a company out of Massachusetts, um, and they were pretty good back then. And then I guess you know why is Guitar Center in bankruptcy uh, protection now? Because they bought all these bad brands like Delta Labs and Acoustic and put out really poor versions of those guitars and I mean uh, of those amplifiers and effects and then put out substandard guitars from Mitchell and as Rogue, their house brand. Rogue Acoustic. Yeah. And just just Rogue just terrible. awful. Just did an awful job of trying to get into a business. They should have just stayed being a retailer and not a manufacturer. Um, 
and those Delta Labs, that Delta Labs delay was just garbage. But yeah, it just I, I think your reputation. This thing came in today. A Digitech. Oh, nice. Old school. Uh, a DF7 distortion factory. Oh, my goodness. So I guess there's a bunch of different distortions in this thing. TC Electronic made made some good pedals. Yeah. Um, I got one more I got today. Let me show you. I have a TC uh TC Electronics uh uh Hall of Fame reverb, Hall of Fame 2 with the multiple reverb, you know, uh settings in it. That's a fantastic pedal. Love that pedal. It's my favorite reverb pedal is the TC Electronics. The Hall of Fame reverb nice. is fantastic. Very cool. Yeah, there was there was a lot of a lot of wild stuff. So I got my hands on this thing today. And even oh, tied no H7. It's a harmonizer. Oh, cool. And these babies bring like 500 bucks. You'll I trade it for something. Priced at, Is that your price? No, I haven't priced it 319 but they're they're very expensive. You can do all kinds of harmony parts and everything. That's the Steve Vai uh, secret sauce. Is it really? Yeah, Steve Steve Vai does a lot of did, does a lot of eventide stuff. That's what sort of makes his multiple guitar runs the harmonized guitar runs that he does. He runs them through the eventide. Mm -hmm. It's like he's got the uh, the whole did. Digital thing going on here. It's got a little wheel here that turns. So, will you, will you sell that tonight? Me. I don't know anything about it. Will you sell it? Renus wants it. Looks like looks like Wahorlak is is in. If you guys call me at my store tomorrow during regular business hours, then we call can do now. This. You're fucking there now. No, you're there now. <laughs> I can't believe somebody says to me, Johnny. Hey, Johnny. I'd like to give you $320 right now. No, call me tomorrow. Unfucking believable. Dane, you know how you were just talking about your, your YouTube channel? I've yes. You know what this is? What this actually <laughs> is? This this is shop at home. It's commercial. This is a this commercial. Is, this is live. This and could be live selling. These guys really want that. You know, Renus is drunk at home. <laughs> That's a good is idea. It? Also, hey, hey, Johnny, I'd like to give you three hundred and nineteen dollars, and you're a piece of shit. <laughs> the only people that what have bought something from did. me. If you really want to buy something from me, you call me during regular business hours. I'll run your card over the thing. I'm going to do that at night over the phone. Yeah, because it's such an like you're sitting that during right there in the store, and literally see where my hand is going. That's how far away the credit card reader is. I mean, it literally is such an imposition for you to go. You can turn the camera off while you do it. You could go. I'm, I'm talking about selling stuff. <laughs> Hello, hi. Yes, I'm in the middle of a YouTube show. Hang on one second. There's 112 people looking at you right now, Dane. Do you have 112 people walking into your and, store? And uh, 100 of those people have my phone number already when they can call me when they're not drunk off their ass at 
Hey, Dane. In the middle of Dane, the night, they can call me they, if they really want it. Dane, if they call, call you. When he's straight. And, if and they not, call you, right? Stoned out of his mind. If they call you and they give you their credit card number and you run it and it gets approved. Yes. You're out. Game over. There's no, there's no, you, you, are you passing moral judgment on your customers? Yeah, Tom, it's a business. Just take the fucking money. Sell them the even time. Okay, Renus, call me right now. We'll do it. Renus, call him. Call him and get the gig. Come on. Make it happen. Anybody that wants that or wants anything from him, call him right now. Buy a pack of strings from him right now. Unbelievable. He's not going to call. You're allowed to go on the comments <laughs> at night watching a program like this and say, what's I your, want that. What's your phone number? We have my number. I, I give my number out, preferably on WhatsApp. Rena says, yes. I'm not drunk. I don't drink or smoke. Yeah. Okay. What's your number? What's your it's number? Okay to say I want that and not mean I'm going to purchase it right now. Get the card out. You are the worst businessman I've ever met. You run a business. People want to buy things from you and you don't sell. You don't want to sell them. To, what are you doing? Dane, come on, brother. There's, Do it. Sell there's it. a proper way of running a business. Yes. It's called selling merchandise for money. See, now he the, even wants uh, free shipping. The <laughs> internet. The internet business is 24 hours. It never <laughs> sleeps. Huh? What? <clears throat> Hugh wants to buy a, a Zim's t-shirt. Will you sell him a, a t-shirt right now? If you go on Teespring, you can buy, you purchase your Zim's Guitars t-shirts on Teespring. Wow. You've made it more difficult. Hey, I did buy a couple of my buddies, a couple of Zim's Guitars t-shirts. But they're not going to be delivered until after the holidays. Yeah, Johnny's got his. We were at the NAM show and I had a whole bag of them. Dane, how long have I known you? And Johnny, um, I would say probably about five years now. How many Zim's t-shirts do I have? <laughs> well, the problem is, is they're very expensive when you try to get them in those Big, giant, enormous <laughs> sizes. Like, are you a 3X? No, I'm not. Are you a 2X? I'm a 2X, yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. It's all right, Dane. Sad Ace doesn't ship. It's not, it's, not, that. it's not like I haven't spent enough money in that store over five years to buy a T-shirt. It's okay, though. Christmas is yeah. coming next year, Easy too. Easy to go on Teespring. And have it ordered too. Now, how long have I known you, Paul? And I don't have your address. Right, because I don't I want you at my house. Because I don't run a business. Your address. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't run a business. <laughs> I don't have your address. <clears throat> you actually could get my address though, because you my address. You probably could get, uh, could get my address though, because you have my credit card number. I I don't have your credit card number. How would sure I have that? It's in your receipts. Wow. You don't it's know that you have receipts. my credit card number it, in your receipts. No, I don't get your, I can't dig up your, I can get your credit card number. Is that right. what you're saying? I'm From saying that you can probably oh, find man, out where I live receipts. because of that. 
You haven't scanned a receipt in months and it's in an envelope somewhere. I could never find that. <laughs> this is the worst friendship ever. We just need bro time together, bro. We need to go do something. You know what? The steel I came in the other day just to hang out and Mancuda called and I left. We need to, we need to hang out. Here's the deal, man. I wanted to go to see Steel Panther together. That would have been I hate fucking Steel Panther. I hate Steel Panther. Other thing that the show got canceled for some reason. All right, so aren't you glad I didn't go? It was maybe it was lack of ticket sales, or why would Steel Panther cancel at the marquee? Because they're not good. Okay, I got an idea, Paul. We have a real chance to really get in time. To bond? We're going to bond? We're going to have some bro bonding moments. Is this the part where My you fan? We, we... Okay. <clears throat> New Year's Day. I'm playing in L.A. Let's drive the big-ass truck. I'll put my guitar in the back. I can't Come on, let's my do dogs. Strip, for... man. Hollywood. I can't, I can't leave my dogs, you dumb motherfucker. I don't have a family we'll to bring take them care us. of my shit. <laughs> we'll bring the yes. dogs with us. Yes, because because my arthritic 11-year-old German Shepherd, you want my dog to shit and piss on you? Because if you're into that sort of thing. It won't be on me. It'll be in, in the truck. <laughs> it'll be on you, you in know, the truck. Luckily, this next show is on New Year's Day. So I'm not going to be open that day anyhow. So I shouldn't miss much. You're, uh, you guys, are is your whole band going? Uh, I hope so. The last one we had to cancel because of... Drama. The big C word. Cunt? No, close, <laughs> but close. <laughs> Closed? Sorry. Oh, boy. Okay. So, no, Dane. My guitar player is a female. All right. That's what he was trying to do. That's there. no. I would never say that about your guitar player. Uh, no. I heard you say that. I've never said that. Whoa! Don't pull, go, go, don't put that. Really don't put that drama in my mouth. Bro. Don't put that drama in my mouth. Your guitar player and I are friends. Sure, that she strung me along for two this. years to swap that out a Les Paul for a, for an Ivan S gem. I have never. Yes, hi Ellie. Thank you, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> I would never, ever, ever say that about your guitar player that is that is beyond me that is outside of my scope of mean like i'll ball bust but i would never nope sorry i mean look i there are some there are some there are some women's up inside that i hate some women's that i've met in my life that i hate that i haven't dropped that word on i have ex-girlfriends that i hate i have an ex-wife that i don't hate at all i i've i've come across a lot of women i do not use that word to describe women i use that word to describe guys because it's an ink because in england it means you're an asshole but i, I don't use it all the time word. yeah i don't use that word in any way shape or form to to, it used to be really bad women. to use the c word when you're talking to a woman but i kind of think they don't mind as much anymore and good luck you know what try that why don't you call up why don't you call up your girlfriend right now and just go you know what honey i just was thinking and you know what you are <laughs> and see how that flies i double dog dare you uh, me and my girlfriend last <laughs> night, we watched three movies back to back. Luckily, I was the one facing the television. 
<laughs> so are you going to sell? Are you going to sell anything? Do you see my phone ringing? Just because somebody watching this show says, I want that, doesn't mean they're ready to pull the trigger on it. Right. What happens is guys come into the store. They plug it into a nice amp. They sit there and they noodle with it for a little while. They play a couple Steve Vi riffs if they know one. And then they're like, yeah, 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 this is what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Okay. So since we have 117 watching... I, I will do wow. a uh, I will do a giveaway. Um, let's see, what do I have here? I've been doing guitar picks lately because they're they're uh, easy, you know. For for now, I'm working up to the bigger stuff. But uh, I'll do another one of these Dava. I've got a, a Dava pick here. I got a couple of things to give away. Oh, okay. After the Dava pick. I've got a Dava. What is it called? It'll cost you more to ship that pick than that pick is worth. Yeah, That's probably. okay. He's gonna... That's flexible. That, that one would have been much easier to go through my sinus cavity. It's the flexible one? But it's super thick, though. Yeah, but it, Dava. that one, that one have been, would have been much easier to put that through my sinus cavity than a Fender Heavy. I don't know what I was thinking. So be like Dave Ennis. Hashtag win in the chat right now. Hashtag win. We have 116 watching. We had 117 a few seconds ago. I mean, who left? Uh, I don't know. Okay, everybody put hashtag win in the chat right now. In the chat, and that's how you can win this in, in the uh, yeah in the comments. This pick will be and yours, you possibly. Can. Yes, and if you've won something within the past couple weeks, uh, you're ineligible for for uh, a month. So hopefully, uh, we'll get a new uh, a new winner. So we'll let that run for a little bit. 121 watching. Man. Man, if I was to sell this guitar pick right now, I'm sure somebody would buy it, but they would have to call you and you'd have to ship it. <laughs> yeah. That would but you know, if, you know if you ran a business, that would be kind of the way it works. That's how a business transaction works. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Hellstorm says uh uh Mustache gives all of his free viewers his viewers free picks. But that's cuz nobody would pay for a Mustache pick. I've I, I actually I actually had one. I threw it away. Wow. Years years ago. That was a bold statement, Johnny. You've made a stand, a tough stand. <laughs> yeah. I taught I had this a signed C D. I threw it in the trash. I'm like, this is horrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm with you. So 122 you know, I might get my hands. I might get my hands on an autographed George Lynch vinyl record. How cool would that be? That'd be awesome. Which record is it? I don't know, but McKnight was in here on Saturday, Phil McKnight, and he told me he got a whole bunch of them. He interviewed George or something. George gave him a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm like, I want one, I want one. So you, you never know. He might come through and give me one of them. 
Or he nice. might just give them away to all his patrons because he's got like 5,000 patrons or something. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Patreons, Wayno, he's been a member of Johnny Bean TV on YouTube for 13 months. Top of the world package. Hello, friends. Sorry I'm late. Uh, Fr Framingham is busy tonight. What did I miss? Yeah, uh, Framingham is where he's a firefighter. That's the town we used to live in. Okay. <clears throat> Wayno, Wayno was the drummer in our band uh, and my best friend and the closest thing I have to a brother. Um, with the exception of my actual brothers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and Wayno is a brother. So we've got that going for us, which is nice. Nice. He's black nice. and he's proud and he's ready and he's high plus he's amped. Most of his appearance... Heroes don't appear in those stamps. <clears throat> I was going to say, Paul, I would consider you my brother, but if I can't even, don't even know where to come to pick you up when you're need a, to, an emergency trip to the hospital or something. I have your number. You won't okay. answer or sell to me. Feel free to, to use it. Give me a call. I, I've, you know, I, we've, we can hang out, but you're fucking busy selling guitars to people. Yeah, I know. Hey, you know what's kind of interesting, guys? Show this for a second. This might be interesting to you guys because this is a flyer that the um, the Nile Theater brought in to me and said, hey, can I hang this in your window? They gave me a couple of them. Who's the, where's the Nile Theater? The Nile Theater is on Main Street in downtown Mesa. And really? it's it's like an it's been there a long time and it's kind of like a warehouse that's just got nothing in there but a stage. But it gets these kind of bands in here. And um I might be able to read some of this stuff off, but um some of these bands that are playing here, um geez, let me know. Oh, oh Dragon Force right here. Okay, so we were talking Dragon Force the other day. Or a couple months ago, right? So this day, is a little months, venue that does <laughs> maybe it does maybe three hundred people to five hundred people, and I was thinking Dragon Force was way bigger than three hundred people. Nope. But In I Europe, they might be, but not here. Three hundred dudes. Yep. No. Yeah. We remember we were talking about writing songs for chicks. Yeah, bueno, uh, 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 Dane. Oh, bueno. Hey, bueno, I fucking... guess I am coming to be your brother if you're gonna. No, Wayno is is responding to people. People are hitting on Wayno in the chat, which is hilarious because he's a dude. <laughs> he's a big black dude. I mean, if you're into that, have at it. <laughs> I mean, he's Wayno. I'm sure there's enough alcohol any port in a storm. But oh, you know what? Sepultura with Sacred Reich and Crowbar. <laughs> Tuesday, April 5th. Wayno did get me a shirt at one point. Actually, Wayno had to get a shirt. <clears throat> I'm going to ignore your, st your story, Dane, because it's not as interesting as the one okay. Wayno was telling. I, I don't really know any of the bands. <clears throat> so, I told that we had some bands to look at that are out touring, but I don't know any of them. So I used to live on West 9th Street in South Boston. It was a condo um, that with my brother and another friend who was basically taking our rent money and paying off his, his private credit card bills. So we got evicted. Um, but the, the room that was my room was illegal because it didn't have, it only had one door 
You know what I mean? It didn't have a, didn't have windows. It was like in the center of the building. It didn't have a window. It didn't have a, a secondary escape, like a fire escape. So it was technically not a legal room. Um, we're having a party, and I'm I'm uh, and as is often the case with Wayno, um, most of our stories involve me fornication and him there. Um, <laughs> For whatever reason, although we never we never double teamed a chick at the same time, which is I, I was surprised that that never happened. We have slept with the same girl, just not at the same time. Um, but we were uh, involved involved in uh, we were mid coitus is really what I'm trying to say. And um, see, Dane doesn't care. It's in, it involves women. Why would he care? Um, and Wayno opens the door while we're in. <clears throat> yeah, essentially, Keith Campbell was kind of a walk in closet. We're uh we're we're mid coitus and Wayno walks in and just walks over to the bureau, and as opens the drawer and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He goes, I need a t-shirt. I said, why do you need a t-shirt? He goes, I lost my shirt in a game of darts. I don't know what t-shirt he had, like a beer t-shirt or something like that, but he he bet somebody his t-shirt in a game of darts during this party, and he just walked in on me and this girl who will remain nameless because we're still friendly. She lives in Key West, Florida now. Um. And it was just one of those things. Hi, Wayno. Hi. And he grabbed the T-shirt and walked out. It was the most casual, weird, like walking in mid-coitus thing um, that I've experienced. Wayno and I have some great stories. We should actually, we should write a book because it would be way more interesting than hashtag win. <laughs> that would be great. That story happened. Um, Wayno remembers. It was a Miller Lite shirt, if I remember correctly, Wayno. <clears throat> I think you lost a Miller Lite t-shirt. That just shows you what kind of parties we had. We were really roaring betting t-shirts and dart games. By the way, alcohol and darts, always a good a good plan. Or alcohol and lawn darts. Yeah. Yeah, why do the they have dart boards in there? The rule was you drank until there was no alcohol left or the sun came up, whichever, whichever happened first. And if the sun cracked the horizon and you were drinking a beer, you had to finish the beer and then go to bed and leave the rest of the beers for the, for the morning. Speaking of that, I do all of that over on Twitch <laughs> in Grand Theft Auto. So, and you can subscribe to me for free on Twitch using Amazon Prime. So, I can't believe I can't believe we didn't die. So come on on. We've done some weird stuff, Wayno and I. Pissing in somebody's book was a good one. Mm -hmm. in their library in their house because we were stuck in the house we was our ride passed out so we decided <laughs> we hated the, the people the people we were staying the people we were staying with were assholes so we pissed underneath their uh their seat cushions <laughs> in the living room and uh and in uh we'd open pages of their books in their library that was on the wall you know kind of like how i have the bookshelves right here Imagine mm -hmm. just taking a book out and pissing in the book and then shutting it and putting it back up in the wall. <laughs> it sounds Paul, wrong now when I say story, it. Um, Paul, you were telling me a story <laughs> the other day where you had to climb up in somebody's window. My friend Erica's house, yeah. Fly, I climbed up. Uh, we were climbing up the outside of her house. Um, and, you know, it was one of those those old school, like, triple deckers in Boston. You know, the old, you know, you, you walk in and then you had two other floors on it. And you climb up the first thing you grab the shelf and the the shutter and you're climbing, you're climbing. And uh, then one of the, the, sh the, the slats gives way and you just basically slide down the house with like, your fingers, like an, like a, like an old cartoon 
all the way down until you your the side hits a tree, a tree branch, and it fucking stabs you in the side. <laughs> uh <clears throat> Yeah, Dueno, tell the story in the chat about the time that uh, we were at the cast party for the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and my ride was leaving, so I just decided, okay, sorry, honey, got to go, and left her there on the bed. <laughs> just left her there. Just left her there. Sorry, honey, got to go. Can't finish. See you later. All good, Symmetry. All good, man. stupid shit all right johnny go ahead and i'm not seeing any hashtag win in the comments so go ahead and let's is do that, that everybody that, is entered that that, that wants on. wants to possibly win the the dava pick which will be shipped and then i will we'll move on to um probably something that nobody wants but we'll give it a try oh awesome awesome all right we'll move on there we go last one. chance Last chance. And again, if we land on a name that's already won in the past couple weeks, we'll have to spin again. So here we go. Rob V. I don't think he's won yet, right? I don't even recognize the name. <laughs> Has he been around for a while? I have you no know? idea. Rob V, you are the winner of the Dava guitar pick. So if you if you would like it, you have to message me. And preferably on WhatsApp. But if you, you can text that phone number right there, 415-952-3263. Text me your name where to send and i will do that as soon as as you uh contact me hopefully soon even if hopefully you're here because they might they might not even be here actually if you're here say say something in the chat like something like uh gee thanks yeah Awesome. All right. <laughs> oh, is that true? Wait a minute. Is what true? Dane is giving <laughs> away the Eventide next? Man. No, no. Here's the next great prize. You guys saw um, last week that we had a little spinal tap, tap moment with our stickers where the whole Stonehenge thing came along and our stickers ended up being this big. <laughs> That's so fucking awesome. I still think okay. you should put it on all your price tags or the back of the headstocks of the guitars you sell. Yeah, that, that's a cool idea. All those guitars that I kind of like are parts casters. Yeah. Yeah, I'll stick them on there. But we, we so we got some new ones made. Or the guitar so cases, like on the bags or something. New batch of stickers. And they are... More of a normal size. You know what would be great? Is if you got me a t-shirt. That would be cool. Yeah. 
So I would need an address to to ship it to, or I could just have it hanging out here in the store for the next time you come in. But uh, yeah, Azim's guitars. Let's uh, do it. Do it over again, there, Johnny. The whole win me a Zim's guitar sticker that does have my phone number on it, so you can call me anytime during normal business hours. Because his business phone is his personal phone. Oh, yeah, did I give that away? Me. I keep my phone off. Hey, Rob, one again. That was wow. cool. <laughs> that was easy. Rob go. V. Rob V is here. So, Rob, uh, congratulations for the Dava pick. And yeah, message me. Uh, my phone number. It's it's in the description of this video. It's everywhere. You can Google my name, and the number pops up. Um, so Dane is get will spin again, and Dane is giving away uh, a Zim's uh, guitars sticker. Uh, these are really nice. The tiny one or the or the big one? It's the it's the big one. I think they're the big like one. Um, three by fives or something. Okay. Mm -hmm. Nice vinyl. Super awesome. cool. All right, you ready? You can put it on your car, or your guitar case, or something. Mm -hmm. All right, here we go for the uh, for the Zim's guitar uh, uh, sticker. Well, you didn't give anybody any time to say I want that, but that's okay. Leo, uh, that's fine. I'll send one to Leo. <laughs> Leo, did you win recently? Well, well, this, well, that doesn't matter. Leo needs one of these things. He watches the show every Tuesday. All right, if you'll ship that to Leo, all good. And uh, just uh, Johnny, you'll get his um, address and forward it to me. Will you do that? Yes. Okay. Leo, send me your info right now, please, and I'll, I'll get that to him. Who else wants one? Let's do one more. Okay, we're doing a – see, we're, this ain't rigged. Let's okay. put, put a couple more uh, hashtag uh, win me sticker this time. Oh, win. We hashtag already have 20 – we have 24 entries. This, this goes through the, the, the same pool of, of, uh, okay. of people. All Somebody right, so else wants one of these killer stickers. All right, here's another one. Stephen Franklin. Franklin. <laughs> there you go. You won you a Zim's guitar. You put it right on the face of your, right on the front of your Les Paul standard. You put it right on your forehead. Stick it right on the EDH Frankie that you have. You stick it over the, the decal of any, any product you have, and it instantly becomes a Zim's. That would be cool. Thank you, guys. So message me, and I will get that message to him. Awesome. So um, <laughs> this is so weird. So because um, Mancut is not here tonight, Neander Paul has the guitar of the night. <laughs> I already showed it. He already showed one. You showed one. I wonder if there's anybody in here that has access to like 
50 other guitars. Hmm. That they might want to sell. <laughs> hmm. That's hmm. what we should be doing, man. Dane, we should be doing a show where you're actually selling the guitar of the day. Yeah, it could work. So pick a guitar that you want to sell. Pick a guitar that you want to put a good price on right now and you just want to move just for the for the face the, the sake of the show. Yeah. It'll make some money, it'll be some good practice. You, you're putting it in front of a hundred plus people right now. I would need to have something that has a good case. So I would need something with a nice case. And none of your guitars come with nice cases. <laughs> Um, you know, probably about ten percent of the guitars in here have a nice case. That, guys that's, bring cases in. Not, not very I, many guys bring I, guitars in all the time. I used to work case. at a used guitar shop, one of the biggest shops in the Bay Area, uh -huh. and and that was always the dilemma was was if the guitar came with a case, uh -huh. that really added added the value to it. And it the case was actually always like like when you, when you go to sell the guitar later. It doesn't come with that case. That case is held on to for something else, you know? They get, they get lost, man. You try to tag them and no, a lot of times I leave my high-end stuff in the case and you walk around and everybody's telling me, you should hang that thing. And then if I hang it, then, you know, you got kids playing it and stuff like that. I mean, my uh, some of my expensive guitars, I leave them in the cases. And again, mm -hmm. other people it's like, no, no, you should have that thing out or people can see it. But then, you know, if you sell it and then you don't know where the case is and I got a back room full of cases, but I don't know which one goes to anything, but, um, okay. I know what I'm going to do. I have one. Here we go. Dan is, is currently looking for a guitar or something. Wait, is that that fake Ibanez? No, oh, this is a real RG. Ibanez. Oh, that's a real one? RG. Oh. 350 DX. Trying to sell this guitars, guys. Pay attention. Everybody pay attention. <laughs> sell it. Nobody wants this thing. Oh, sorry. Oh, gosh. not anymore. <laughs> the value is dropping. RG550DX. It's a white one. Listen to that. It shreds. Well, it would if somebody would. <laughs> So how, how much are those? How much is that? This bad boy is priced at $300. Three bills. Three bills. What are the pickups in it? It's the all stock, uh, whatever they are. Infinities, yeah. Good night, Bozik. Whatever they call them. By the way, that I bet the neck on that on that RG is fatter than the neck on that Epi Les Paul behind you. 
It, it probably is. This is the strangest Les Paul I've ever seen. The Gib, the the one that Dane has here. It's an Epiphone Les Paul um, from I think the Samic factory. What's the what's this the uh, factory code on the back of the headstock? Pain. Um, it just shows a one six. Or uh, is it an I? <laughs> no. Yes, it or is. Maybe that's, that's an, an I. I but this neck is the thinnest neck I have ever out of on on a, on a Les Paul an, absolutely. on an Epiphone. It's the narrowest. Thinnest little neck. It's like very. It's very Ibanez RT-ish. I believe the I the I factory code. I didn't look it up, but I think it's Shine, Shine Guitars, which is one of the better Epiphone subcontractors from uh, the '90s when they were making them in Korea. Shine is spelled S A E I N. Mm -hmm. Um, and that that it does for a Les Paul that has a shredder neck on it. It's got like an ESP neck on it. <clears throat> it is the thinnest neck I've ever felt on a Les Paul guitar. It is it, it is approaches Ibanez RG neck thickness, like Ibanez Wizard neck thickness. It's that thin. It really is. It's amazing. And uh, you know, every time McKnight comes in, I I have questions for him. And he came in here Saturday. I was like, dude check out how thin this neck is on this. And he goes, he's like, you know what probably happened is there was some sort of an imperfection in the factory on the back of the neck. Maybe there was a knot in the wood or there was a soft spot in the wood or there was a big scratch in the wood. So the factory workers just sanded and sanded it down to get rid of the imperfection and then, and then painted it or whatever is on here. And uh, it's, it's probably a one of a kind. It's a thin neck but for sure. It is super thin. For people that say you can't shred on a, on a Les Paul, you should try playing that guitar. Okay. Yeah. So there we have it. Nobody's interested in any of them. Let's not try to sell stuff on the show anymore. <laughs> it doesn't work. Well, it's just repetitive. <laughs> just ask really how much for the phone. Buy something, and it happens. Okay. No, honestly, this show. No, has when you stuff for me, I have gotten phone calls the next day, and you know, mostly um, cranks. Said, hey, yeah, mostly, mostly bricks through windows. Me. Um, mostly um, moonings. Uh, Fred hey, Level Midnight has called me the next day and bought stuff from me. Dudes buy stuff from me, but they call me during the day. Um, and uh, we do regular business during regular business hours. Mm -hmm. So it has you know, worked. On QVC, you know, when they when they showcase a product, they're sh they're showing it and talking about it for at least half an hour. At least. You guys really want to pretend we're QVC and sit here and try to sell guitars? I pretend like I'm QVC over on Amazon. I will tell you that if there's a bigger whore on YouTube than Johnny Bean, I haven't met them yet. <laughs> Johnny is constantly, <laughs> constantly selling. Constantly. Yeah. He's he's all about trying to get the money, trying to separate you from your dollar. That's the Johnny Bean way. Now, 
Paul. Come on. I'm not wrong. That's Johnny, not Johnny's not contradicting me, is he? Johnny's hours like, and mm -hmm. hours of free entertainment for these viewers. Free for you. Yeah. But Johnny needs to get fucking paid. It doesn't. It's no. this ain't free for me. No. I, I it used to be. And like I was I, I said this the other day. If you guys if you guys uh if this was free, you would you would only see like two of these shows a month. You wouldn't see as many shows as you do. Because I have well, Johnny's to pay making money off of this shit. To do this stuff. So Dane, I'm helping you. I, I would, I, I would love to see you buy guitars. Know, I'm not and, asking for nothing. And that's a that, that's a very, very small reason that I do the show is because it does help the growth of the store. But Wait, are we um, going, are we doing contract negotiations during the show? But um and <laughs> some of your viewers um call me and they buy stuff. Like I said, I've sold a couple pedals. Lazo your viewers call me up and he'll buy a pedal. I show stuff during the day. They I buy you pizzas or those crank pedals yes. that I have. Guys call me up. Yeah, that's a good point. Johnny's Johnny's audience has fed you, man. Be here. It's not the only reason to be here. <laughs> You're literally pissing where you eat. <laughs> How many times have you got free pizza out of this crowd? Dude. I paid for most of those pizzas myself. Oh! I call my friend. I would call my. I would call friends around town. And I'd say they'd come into the store. I'd say, "Oh, bro, oh. here's twenty bucks. Order me a pizza when I'm on the Johnny Bean Show tonight." Oh! You think I actually get free stuff? Where's my Colonel's popcorn? I've been begging for Colonel's popcorn. Where is it, Johnny? This is a meltdown. I bought no, you know what? Holy I, I, shit! Me a, pizza. a couple guys have bought me pizzas. I, I thought honestly, it couldn't get. I thought it couldn't get any much better. I paid for them damn pizzas. I don't even like pizza. I I didn't think it could get better than oh. me putting a guitar pick in my own nose. Yeah. Domino's pizzas sucked. Wow. Oh. Goodness. Dane, Dane just told us there's no Santa Claus. What an asshole. If somebody wants to send me a pizza, I would appreciate it. Because Oh, now you're begging. See, now see, this is... there's times where I'm super hungry because I've I've been at this store for 10 hours now today. And at this time of the night, it's uh -huh. only eight o'clock. You get hungry. A pizza would be nice. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, and I don't go home and, and have pizza. And this this YouTube this stuff lasts forever, so and these these videos they get watched not just live these good videos get watched hundreds of times throughout the week. So anybody yeah. that's watching this, you know, if it's daytime, they know the pizza things. You can scam. send a pizza to Dan to Dane. You can buy yeah. a guitar. You can call over there. I mean, it's not like he's not, you know, that's a he's in a real store. He's not. It's not you fake. Can send me a pizza anytime during regular business hours. That would be great. Or Colonel's popcorn. <laughs> yeah, which is delicious. Yeah, that energy drink I took a few sips of, had to buy that. It Did you buy good. that just for tonight? It was pretty good. No, I, I had one the other day. Sit here. I'm just going to sit here and watch you fucking melt down for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> this is fucking classic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fine. <laughs> I won't say anything else about pizza that I pretty much had to buy. No, you're talking about Johnny. 
and it costs a lot for Johnny to do this. I'm standing up <clears> for Johnny now. Costs a lot of money for Johnny to do this. Plus the amount of time he has. It's not free. This. Yeah, and I've, I've, put years, I've, put, I've put years and years and years into, into these. You should get at least $10,000 a year for doing yeah. this. Yeah. By the way, somebody said I make $185,000 a year on this show. If I did, I'd certainly take more interest in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Renus Pinkle brings up a good point. The reason why, Dan, you don't get any pizza is because the one time somebody sent you pizza, you fucking murdered it. I know you didn't. You, you didn't. You don't know how to eat pizza. You fail pizza eating. I've never had a good pizza. Okay, though. Everybody's starting to wonder where's Van Kuda tonight. <laughs> He's holding a, a boom microphone somewhere. Oh yeah. He's probably really good at that job because he's so tall. You mm -hmm. know, you can get over top of everybody with that mic. Mm -hmm. You've met him. Oh, you were you were at dinner with us. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's mm -hmm. fun to hang out. I'm I'm really looking forward to summer of 2022 so we can go to the NAM show in Anaheim and hopefully uh the big C word will pretty much be over with by then, but it's not going to, but clitoris? Yeah. Comic Con? <clears throat> yeah. Actually, they don't they don't hold that in Anaheim, I don't think. But going to the Anaheim uh, Nam show was just so much fun. That was just a great weekend. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be awesome to to get back to, to normal. Because I, I was kicked out of a restaurant yesterday for not having a vax card. They vax carded you? They made me sit out in the cold, yeah. <laughs> Steve Barton. Try Tony's cold. Pizza in San Francisco. Yeah, they made me sit out in the cold. It was horrible. Thank you, Steve Barton, channel member. Thank you, Laz, channel member. Shows my new TV. It's super clear. Should I send you a picture on WhatsApp? Yes. Also, Dane Ronk, Skip Paul, a T-shirt already. Happy holidays. Thank Good you, point. Music Therapy, Laz. Wow, that is so fucking funny that they made you sit out in the cold. It was horrible. Uh, what else? <laughs> I don't know. Smash that thumbs up, you guys. Show me your papers. Yeah, he wanted to see my papers. I'm like, I don't have any papers. You whip out the rolling papers. Yeah. There you go. Here are my papers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So I took um I took the girlfriend to a restaurant the other night. And um we joke. ordered I took them over to the Black Bear restaurant, which is I took her, and it's kind of a breakfast place. You been over there, Paul? The Black which Bear one? restaurant? <clears throat> no. Um, so we're having a breakfast plate and I have a big pancake there and it's covered with the white powdered sugar or whatever they put on top of the pancake. And for just goofing around waiting for the food to come or whatever, I scooped some up and I put it out on, on the table and I scooped it into like two little lines. And then I took the straw and when the waitress came over, I went like, and I like pretended to snort, uh, snort something. Right like we used to do back in the old days. Well, it triggered my waitress. 
and um, and, uh, and and she's like, when she saw it, I'm like, I'm just scooping around. That's the stuff off the uh, pancake. And then she came back a couple minutes later, and she goes, Yeah, that was just, uh, you know, my boyfriend. He had a stroke, and he's in prison now. And for doing too many drugs. And that just kind of threw me for a loop right there for a second. I'm like, oh, man, I'm sorry. And uh, then she came over a couple minutes later. And she's like, and she took her mask down. And she's like, I really just love him. But, you know, he's, you know, he just couldn't stop doing that. And and all this and that. And and I'm like, well, I feel really bad that I, that I like triggered you like that. By, you know, just pretending to, to have two little lines on my table. And so the waitress was kind of upset. So I gave her a nice big tip because it's Christmas and I put all these bad thoughts back in her head. I felt bad for her. Poor thing. Yeah. It's tough. You got to watch what you do sometimes to people, right? Sometimes. And you know, Black Salami is always saying that he, this show is terrible. Uh, Johnny Bean, I can tell, is really deeply hurt. Every time he reads that. <laughs> and, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm just glad people are here. They it. can say whatever they want. I don't care. I can tell, though. No, we love we love each and every one of you that tune in. We love. We do. We, we really do. Taylor315 asks. I gave her a $25 tip, okay? The meal came to $24.09. And of course, I had to ask the girlfriend, is it okay if I give her a, like a big tip? She goes, I don't care what you're doing. You're lying. And that surprised me. So I gave her a $25 tip. Yeah. Taylor315 asks, uh, would, we would I consider Wasp to be one of the best metal bands of the 80s? I would say the first four Wasp albums were great. I think everything after the Headless Children was spotty at best until kill fuck die um i think if chris holmes is in wasp they're great if chris holmes is not in wasp they're not as good so i think that the combination of blackie and chris holmes works very very well um i don't think either of them is as good apart as they are together kind of like with so many other bands it's a chemistry thing i listened to i'm blind in texas just on saturday and I didn't realize that it was like a three chord blues song for most of the song. Like it's a three chord song. Oh, look at that. Symmetry sent this in for you. Wow. I that can was almost good. taste it from here. Is that pineapple on there? Are those pickles on there? What's that yellow stuff? That's what she said. <laughs> but no, I didn't realize that Wasp was, um, it, it sort of had a little three-chord bluesy part in it. It's a simple 12-bar blues song. That song is, you know, it's, mm -hmm. dun, 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 you know, for four measures, and then it drops back. It's just played fast, but it's the mm -hmm. same blues progression as, as 16 other great blues songs. Um, but again... <clears throat> Good band, I think. I think a lot like other bands that were very theatrical. I think you had to make a choice as to whether or not you wanted to watch the band or listen to the band. Uh, and I think that some of the songs were either suffered because they were 
more constructed for how they were going to present visually versus how they prevent present audible. Um, I think they were good. Um, I think they could have been better. I think they should have been better. I think they had a bad record deal and I think they were bad. Uh, there was not a whole lot of chemistry in that band. It was fun while it lasted. I don't think they were that great. Somebody else did ask about the cocked and loaded record from LA guns. LA guns is a good band. Um, and cocked and loaded is a great record. Um, again, the first three LA guns records are really, really good. And then they get very inconsistent when they're good. They're very good when they're bad. They're just okay. They're, I mean, they haven't made a bad record. Well, they've made a bad record with Phil and Tracy in the band. Um, but certainly their best records are the first three or four. And the last couple of records have been, have been very pleasantly, surprisingly good, but not as good as the first four records. Again, that's a, that was a period of time where those bands were great. They were great. And then, uh, and then the candle burns out and it's very difficult to be consistent. Consistency doesn't happen with a lot of, a lot of bands. If you look at a lot of bands out there, very few bands are consistent throughout their entire career, which is why bands like the Beatles and the Stones and Led Zeppelin, and even the Stones, um, they haven't made a good record in a while. Um, but they, you know, they go two or three albums and then put out a great album. So you forgive the two or three in the interim. Um, bands like LA Guns and bands like Wasp just don't have the kind of quality output that bands like Aerosmith and ACDC and the Stones and Zeppelin um, and that's why those bands are the greatest of all time because they've been able to achieve that that level of of proficiency over a long period of time. Yes. You know, like the police. The police were great throughout their career. The police never made a bad album. Not every right. song on every album is great, but they never made a bad album. The police made, you know, six records and they were all great. They got better and better. Yeah. I think. I think, yeah, they grew, and then they realized they couldn't grow any further and, and walked away, which, again, smart. No. no. Smart. No, they, they, no there, there was nowhere else they could go. They were the top of the top. Yep. Well, when you're a band like the police and you get that much sales and you get that much money in the bank, you, you can afford to do that. But L.A. Guns, you know, those boys are living paycheck to paycheck, so you got to just keep, you know, doing what you guys do. You I think if they were – I think when it's all said and done, um, you know, everybody has a ceiling. Um, and when you reach it, it's smart to know, you know, that's why bands like the Beatles and bands like Zeppelin and Van Halen and the Rolling Stones held songs back. Um, that's why those bands, you know, you hear stuff that was done in this get back documentary from the Beatles that didn't, that came out on Abbey road and not in, on let it be because, uh, and you hear things that were originally written for the fourth album from Led Zeppelin, the untitled fourth album or Houses of the Holy that yep. didn't come out until Physical Graffiti. Because sometimes you can sit back and say, look, we've got 15 songs, but we can only put nine on the album. Let's save the other six here. And when we find ourselves in a creative rut, go back and grab it and pull it out when we were going through this creative hot spot, hot period. Um, and with bands mm -hmm. like The Police, <clears throat> there were no down periods. Um, you know, Zeppelin, the worst Zeppelin album, according to most people, is Presence. Then you go back and you listen to some of those songs on Presence, like like Hot Song um, for Nowhere or that's Well, that's a blues, that's a stolen blues song that they they reinterpreted. But yeah. but things like, you know, uh For Your Life. For Your Life is a fantastic song. You know, Carousel Ambra is a I mean not Carousel Ambra, uh, Achilles Last Stand is Zeppelin doing prog rock. Um they were I was gonna ask you, what do you think Led Zeppelin's lowest point? In their career was what was their lowest point as far as what album 
I am not a huge fan of in through the outdoor. Um, I think that it was clear the band. The <laughs> that's band the only one I bought. <laughs> yeah, but that's but that's because it's got the keyboard hits on it. All it's got the keyboard love. hits on it. Um, and the and the, the vinyl, the vinyl, the insert vinyl was like watercolors. It's yes. like you got water on it and it changed. Uh, kind of like his know, lights. In through the outdoor, I you know I don't know. I mean, in through the outdoor is a great record. It's very difficult. Yeah, the lowest period for Wayno uh, brings it up was Bonham dying because, yeah, um, I think knowing what we know about Robert Plant's proclivity for uh, taking chances musically and John Paul Jones' musical acumen, when you think about it, John Paul Jones took over the musical direction of that band right around presence because Jimmy Page was was wired out of his tits on heroin. Uh, he was strung out. John Bonham was strung out. So John Paul Jones and Robert Plant started to take over the direction of the band. They were reinventing re the band with a little bit more keyboards, a little bit more world music. You hear things like um, uh, Fool in the Rain. You hear that, the samba part and the world music and some of that stuff that wasn't mm -hmm. present in the first five Zeppelin albums. Hot so Dog. Were, what album was that on? Hot Dog. Remember that song? Yeah, Hot Dog's on uh, I Houses of the Holy. Am I correct? No, no it's on Physical Graffiti. Um, point being... Um, Steve Barton, you're right. They they didn't have they did have a low point to a point. Everything live wise, everything after 1975, the 1975 tour, they were spotty. From 1968 through 1975, they were untouchable. I mean, you listen to some of those early tapes from 71, 73, all that how the West was one stuff. Um, but then once they got from 1975 after the Earl's Court shows and they started to get into really into the drugs, 1975, Robert Plant's son dies. Uh, Jimmy Page is starting to really get into heroin. Uh, Robert Plant has the car accident. Um, the band separates for a while. They start to hate each other. Robert and Jimmy start going at each other because Robert's a perfectionist and Jimmy was strung out and he was a perfectionist. It's just that kind of band dynamics. So from 76 through 79, there was there was this this period of time where they really didn't like each other. Um, and if you listen to some of the lyrics on on the Presence record, uh, you'll hear Robert Plant is really ripping them a new ass in the lyrics, but you can't tell because they're buried in the mix. Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of anger and vitriol that's coming out in some of those Zeppelin records. This so, question only works for bands that are now currently broken up because you can't ask. You know what's the lowest point in like. Dawkins career. Sure you can. It's happening right now. Together, it's you know, now. bands that are it's still happening together, right now. You really ask them now. <laughs> yeah, <just> right now. <laughs> so you have to ask that question with bands that are still the that, lowest that point in a band's yeah. career is is the point right before they break up. Usually, that's yeah. what happened with the Beatles, wouldn't you say? They had let no. it be session. I haven't seen the end of it. Don't spoil it. Wait, well, the don't Beatles, think that the Beatles the break up? You asshole. <laughs> um. No, Physical Graffiti wasn't a big comeback album. Big Back Clock. <laughs> no, no, the comeback record was the comeback record was 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 supposed to be Presence. They took a lot of time off um, between Physical Graffiti and Presence, and then Presence they recorded. They were in, in disarray. You know, that was when Robert Plant had his had his uh, his car accident, and after Carrick Plant had died of his stomach ailment. And no, mm. Presence was the alleged comeback record, and it really didn't do well overall. That's considered the low point in the Zeppelin career by most people was Presence. Um, and then mm -hmm. In Through the Outdoor comes out. And the problem with that is while they were recording the In Through the Outdoor session, it's a great legendary story. Robert Plant, um, who is 
uh, known for being a fan of other styles of music outside of just the simple blues stuff that they started out playing in, in the first couple of Zeppelin albums. <clears throat> They're in the same studio that Generation X, which was Billy Idol's band, were recording in. I think it was Nassau. I could be wrong. Um, Jamil, what was it? And they're recording in the same studio. So Robert Plant crosses paths with Billy Idol in the hallway. And Robert Plant says to Billy, man, I really like the stuff you guys are doing. I like punk rock. I'm really into that new thing. Billy Idol clams on Robert Plant. Just no. fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> and spits at Robert Plant. Wow. Um, famous story back then. But that was the thing was when Zeppelin played Nebworth, um, it was an okay comeback show for them. They sounded okay, but if you look at Jimmy, he's completely strung out. He's emaciated. He looks like shit. He's pale. He looks like he's going to fall apart. Bonham is all fat and bloated with the big beard and looking almost like uh, uh, almost like Jim Morrison before he died. Um, they were not healthy. Robert was the only guy on that stage that was bringing it 100%. John Paul Jones was, I mean, he was flawless. The guy had never made a mistake throughout the period of Zeppelin's career. He was like Michael Anthony and Van Halen, as reliable as you could ask for, and just kept his fucking mouth shut and did his job as mm -hmm. good as it can be done. And um, make sausages. <laughs> and uh, and he was, it, that band was was going through so much weird shit. When they came back in Nebworth, everybody looked at them and they were like, we're into the clash now. We're into the Sex Pistols now. We're into you know, uh, Motorhead and, and Iron Maiden, you know, the, the, the hard rock of the time people forget mm -hmm. Iron Maiden started in the late seventies. Judas Priest started in the late sixties mm -hmm. and started to get going, really going in the late seventies, that style of music, the, 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 the riots and the motorheads and the, and the Iron Maidens from a hard rock standpoint and Van Halen were supplanting, yes. were supplanting. I didn't even bring it up. We're supplanting the dinosaur rock that Led Zeppelin yeah. were accused of being, unfortunately, yeah. because they played well at Nebworth, but they weren't great. Um, and then Bonham dies, and next thing you know, um, you know, they were done. But I think Led Zeppelin, they did reunite after Live Aid. People don't know this, uh, but Led Zeppelin were actually going to reunite and continue on as a band with Tony Thompson from Chic and Power Station on drums. Oh, he gets man. in a he gets in a car accident and lists his emergency contact as Robert Plant when they were doing rehearsals. Uh Robert Plant took it as a bad sign, you know, bad karma, uh, and walked away from the reunion. But they were going to reunite with with Tony Thompson on drums, which I think would have been awesome because Tony Thompson had exactly the same swing that Bonham had. And that power station album. Big and yeah, by the power way, station records are great. And did you guys hear about that new restaurant called Karma? <laughs> There's no menu, but you get what you deserve. <laughs> no, Tony Thompson, that Power Station album, dude. But well, actually, both. Well, there's two of them, but that first one. Mwah. Who 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 would you guys? Uh, because Bonham is a very hard hitting drummer. Steve Barton. Uh, who would you guys? Who who would you claim to be like the hardest hitting drummer out there? Who, Today, who, who yeah, who's the top of all time guys? Today, Tony, uh, I would say uh, Tommy Aldridge hits hits like a uh, hits like a motherfucker. Mm -hmm. um, he he, I mean Tommy Lee, thumps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shannon Larkin is a great drummer. Um, Are you, you asking know, fa favorites? Mor Morgan Favorite? Rose from Seven Dust is is fantastic. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, uh, I mean, I mean, big name drummers, there aren't mm. a lot of big name drummers out there right now. I mean, big name guys. <laughs> Tommy Lee would be the biggest guy. They're all drum machines and loops. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Alesis, man. Yeah. I have an Alesis SR16 and I've got a, uh, what is this thing? It's a boss. I've got, I've got the uh, 16 too. DR, DR880 here. Those are, those this are the thing, hardest hitting drummers I can think of. Dudes, dudes, man. This thing, man. Dude, <laughs> look at this, man. Let's let, just the listen sound to that. machine. Listen to that tone. Another one. Oh, crap. <laughs> listen to that, man. So, amazing. In the comments, hashtag no, me. I'm not, not going to give away his sound machine. I can't. Oh, it. no. Yeah. Yeah. Wayno uh, brings up a good guy, Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. He hits like a motherfucker. Yeah. He's a yeah. hard hitter. Yeah. Chad, Chad can hit. Um, and chicken. Have foot. you ever seen anybody live just put their stick through their snare head? And yes. Like, yes. Wayno has put his stick through a snare head. I mean, that's drummers that I've in my band that we've played yeah. with have uh -huh. done that. Yeah. That's uh -huh. not I, a. I had I, one drummer. In the band, uh, when I was living with Desmond Child, one show we did, he went down and he, and he hit, and he accidentally hit his hand. Mm -hmm. And the end of the show, we had to take him to the hospital because he, he he fractured a finger or something. Hmm. Um, Portnoy, I, I disagree about Portnoy. I know Portnoy gets a lot of run. Uh, I think Portnoy is the Yngwie Malmsteen of drums. I think Portnoy is super talented. But I think he's he's like Ingve Malmsteen and and Miles Kennedy. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Um, uh, Kevin Figueroa. Apathy Brothers. Uh, I think I like Vinny more than uh, than Carmine. I think Vinny's a harder hitter. I think Carmine's a better drummer. Carmine, um, uh, Carmine. I've noticed that this isn't a drumstick, but he holds his sticks. Like really high, you know what I'm saying? He, sure. He holds his drumstick really high up the stick. Uh, Danny Carey is a great drummer. Danny Carey. There's a guy named Gavin Harrison who plays in Porcupine Tree, who is a phenomenal drummer. Travis Barker hits hard. Yeah, Drew Drew uh, SGS60. Travis Barker hits hard too. Um, he's one of those guys. I think Travis is one of those guys like John Mayer who could be bigger, um, but he plays in. in you know, he's he's rich. And good for him. But Travis is a hell of a hell of a uh, drummer. Danny Carey's a great drummer, but again, Danny Carey's a lot like Neil Peart. Um, he's a lot more finesse than he is power. Um, I don't like Portnoy as a drummer, not because, and I don't like Portnoy really much as a as a guy. He's he's sort of, and and I've met him a couple times. He seems nice enough, but he just has an attitude about him that is a little sometimes off putting. Um, and I think that that lot like we were talking about with Ted Nugent earlier. Uh, there's a little bit of of um you just get a preconceived notion about the guy that is off-putting that i think takes away from his ability or your perception of his ability i think portnoy has that that sort of thing about him whereas morgan rose from seven dust couldn't be a nicer guy um you know uh and i think i think that you know we miss yeah lars ulrich hits hard but he's not good um uh <laughs> it's, it's on the weird. other hand gene hoagland gene hoagland's so the guy that hits like a motherfucker I think it's weird how drummers are so completely different than guitar players and how well, these two completely different, different people have to come together, you know? I think if you can lock in with a drummer, if you can lock in with a drummer, I mean, obviously that's the backbeat of the, uh, of the band. And I think that we've talked about this with Eddie and Alex. Um, 
uh, and I used to do it. I mean, that's one of the things that we joke about this way. and I joke about it, but I locked in with the drums when writing lyrics and arranging the music in our band, I locked in with the drums. So I knew where we were in the song, not what the guitar players or the, or the bass player were doing. Mm -hmm. I heard where we were in the song through the drums. We were, so if something went wrong, and Wayno knows this, I would turn around and just look at him and he'd look at me and we just smile and laugh about it. The guitar players never heard it. The drummer, uh, the, the bass player never heard it. They were in their own world. And with a guitar, if you're off by a half measure, it's okay. You just let that, let that chord ring out a little bit and then yeah. catch, and then catch up with the beat. But if the drummer is off, if his swing is off immediately, I heard it. And, and we would just, you know, I'd have the microphone and I'd hear the bad beat and I just go, and he'd just go, sorry. <laughs> what's your ricky the... rocket thoughts ricky rocket thoughts since we're talking drummers yeah well right there yeah. <laughs> nico nico mcbrain is a great drummer mark Dillon. yeah nico doesn't get a whole lot of or nico uh nico doesn't get a whole lot of uh run um nico's an interesting an interesting cat because iron maiden straddles the line between prog rock and metal a lot um mm -hmm. You know, Nico can play, he can play like Bill Bruford or like Gene Krupa, uh, or he can play like John Bonham when he wants to. I think Nico is one of those underrated guitar players. It's not easy to play Iron Maiden music. It really, and you're talking about that syncopated rhythm and he's mm -hmm. locked in with Steve Harris and make no mistake about it. That band is Steve Harris's band. And if shit goes wrong, Harry will let you know it. He will. He what will, about uh, old school Neil Peart in Iron Maiden, could it would it have worked? Uh no. Neil is Neil is Neil is I mean he could have, I guess, but Neil is uh well, I mean shit, man. I mean if you think about Farewell to Kings and Caress of Steel, those are almost Iron Maiden records anyway. Um you know, Rush worked. went through that period. Yeah. Rush in the mid seventies really is the template for what Iron Maiden became. I think it would have worked. Maybe. But Neil Peart was was is too by the time Iron Maiden hit their stride. Neil Peart was already at a at a level that was beyond beyond what what Iron Maiden was playing. It was it was Neil Peart was playing in 1975 and 1976 and 1977 when Iron Maiden started playing in 82 and 83. Let's let's say this. I love asking you questions, Paul. Let's say Tommy Lee and Iron Maiden could he have made nope. it happen? Nope. 100% Two different nope, styles. Not have made that happen. Two different styles. <clears throat> Tommy's Tommy's a decent drummer. Uh, and he, he comes from a marching band, marching band background. Like it's not the same. Not the same. Scott Travis could have made it happen, though. Vista Light 1972. Scott Travis is a great drummer, uh, was great in Racer X, and is fantastic right. in Priest. Yeah. That's a no-brainer. Vinny Culotta is great, too, at Hip Metal Works. Fantastic drummer. Gil Moore from, uh, from Triumph. Gil Moore is a, an underrated drummer. Triumph is an underrated band. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Leo Safko, UFO is a, is a name drop band. I think that's an interesting, UFO is a lot like Gary Moore and Thin Lizzy and, and a couple of other of those bands that, that don't really get, uh, you know, uh, free humble pie. Um, I love UFO. UFO is a European template for bands like Riot. And, uh, I would say UFO, they're contemporaries though. Remember UFO was, was a little bit a little bit before Iron Maiden, but they were contemporaries. Um, I would say that Rush begat Iron Maiden more so from a musical standpoint, whether or not the band wants to admit it. If I listen to stuff from, uh, uh, you know, like the Necromancer and stuff that Rush was doing during the Caress of Steel and Farewell to Kings period, 
and 2112 period, I hear a lot more of that in Iron Maiden than I do UFO. What was Rush's low lowest point in in their putting albums out? Uh, I would say probably. Post what was the record before Presto? Do, do great, you know Grace under pressure. Yeah, that power windows. I think they went. I think they went. Rush went too far, too fast. Um, they were a prog rock band that progressed past where. It's so weird. They started out very, very dinosaur-like with John Rutsey on drums. I mean, that first Rush album might as well have been a Black Sabbath record. Then Neil Peart comes in. They start doing all this proggy stuff, this concept stuff. It's a little bit prog metal and stuff. Then they find their groove in 1980 You know, with Permanent Waves. Permanent Waves all the way through Signals. I think they were exactly where they needed to be. And then they started to go a little bit further with Grace Under Pressure and Power Windows. And I think at that point, I think when Power Windows big money and some of that stuff. Um, I think that's where they lost a lot of people. And then they came back during Presto and hold your fire. <clears throat> so they probably had two or three albums right in the mid eighties that were kind of eh, throwaways late eighties. I don't know if they were throwaways, but I think that, I think that they were, they lost the, uh, they lost the public interest. I think when they came back with uh time stand still, yeah, uh, with Amy Mann on vocals, I think that was a right. huge comeback, huge comeback record for them. MTV probably loved it, but that was about it, I think. Yeah, I think that I think I just like I said, I think Power Windows and 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 Grace Under Pressure that was where they started to lose lose people. Um, and then moving, yeah, and I was more. not I was not a fan of Counterparts either. Yeah, the rapping, the rapping Getty Lee was was a little tough. Roll the bones. That sounds scary. Yeah. But moving pictures was then their <laughs> highlight, their biggest commercial success and best. Absolutely. Album. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're talking about uh permanent waves, moving pictures, um the uh the uh live um exit stage left and and signals mm -hmm. are that's a great four album run for a band. Mm -hmm. Um I know a lot of people because they changed after Caress of Steel, but but you know Jay. Uh, Jay Hannum, you know, chiming in on that. Uh, there's the difference between being a credible metal band or being able to sell records. Um, permanent waves and 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 uh, moving pictures continue to sell very, very well, whereas Caress of Steel does not. And, and in the end, he who sells the most wins. Yeah, and when they were out on the road with Kiss, I mean, the the guys in Kiss were kind of like, "What are you guys doing?" Well, you're talking about nineteen. You're talking about nineteen seventy-five, man. On them, you're talking about nineteen seventy-five. Yeah, of course, nineteen seventy, because they were they were in the middle of their you know their concept, you know, prog metal period, whereas Kiss were barely able to play their instruments. Of course, of course, they you know. That's two sides of different coins. Nothing. Oh, <laughs> I thought I was deaf for a second. I'm uh, trying to think podcast. of other that are broken up now, but were huge back in the in the 70s, in the in the 80s. So we could. Well, ELO, ELO was great in the 70s. 
ELO was a fantastic band. Uh, and of course, Jeff Lynn is now putting together a new version of the band, but, and has been playing under Jeff Lynn's ELO, but ELO was, was pretty really? amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He has Jeff Lynn's ELO. They've done a couple of shows over the past couple of years. Um, when, when I hear them, when I hear ELO, ELO, I, to me, they, they just sound seventies. Well, yeah, yeah, they, they would, yeah, they're the middle. I mean, you talk about, uh, um, New World Record and and Out of the Blue, those are big. Those were huge records for their time. They were they were up there with the Boston records and the Kansas records and the Queen records of the seventies. But it, um, was it were they? Because yeah, I mean, I really don't know much about them. I know about Jeff Lynne and I know uh, I mainly know him because of Wilburys, right? You know, because of that. Yeah, no, but... Jeff Jeff was in the Move. He was in a band called the Move. Um, and he did tons of producing, even the Beatles stuff. Um, well, he yeah, he's 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 a huge Beatles. Fly disciple. like a bird or whatever that thing they free as a bird, together. yeah, free as a bird. Mm -hmm. that. But that's because he was he was so um, ingrained with George Harrison. He he saved yeah. George Harrison's career. They were buddies. I bet that George probably even gave him his uh, like home address and like him anytime. Drop on by yeah, anytime maybe. you want a Beatles shirt. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'd go to the bar together or go out to the pub once in a while. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but no, when I when I think when I think of ELO, I mean, I I just think or I I just hear like like seventies just music, just like. Were they before disco or during disco? Um, pre, disco pre was, and post. Uh, I mean, seventies. So seventy. Rock and rock and roll is king, and don't bring me down. Those were late seventies. Yeah, because when 80s. I think of when I think of Jeff Lynne, I just think of like this, like disco rock kind of stuff. No, I mean, I mean, a lot of their stuff. I mean, Mr. Blue Sky is a prog song. Yeah, hmm. sweet talking woman. Either. There's a lot of. I mean, look, they were the band that made a string section work in rock. Maybe yeah. it's just because I I've never owned any of their records. I've only heard like the radio stuff. Yeah, sure. And that it. stuff to me sounds very seventies disco ish. They were very very good, right, Lindy? And I think they did a uh, huge Wembley show. Wembley, right? They played Wembley. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! Uh, what was that? Five years ago? Six? years ago and it was just huge and just packed and everybody loved that they sounded great <laughs> they played wembley who did yellow jeff oh Lynn. they played wembley they did a great job i'm gonna have to check out more more of their stuff i'm gonna have to throw on uh, elo and and yeah, those early, are good band. early I think out of the blue the double album only oh probably Spotify. had like it probably only had two songs on it but what was the what was the album with telephone line and everything on there new world, new world Evil woman new world record is the one that, that new world telephone record. Line on it. that would be the biggie that was their highlight album out of Wouldn't the blue out of the blue was their highlight album really yep new world record was the beginning of it but sure I think they even had a greatest hits album out before either one of those albums. You know, that happened once in a while. Uh, a band would do a greatest hits album and it was kind of premature. 
they'd do a greatest hits album and then their next studio album would be even better than the greatest hits album well i mean aerosmith released a greatest hits album in 1978 <laughs> that was before all their hits that was before they had their greatest hits yeah walk this way last child you know was before they had their greatest hits i mean you yeah. know yeah some bands accidentally did that they threw that greatest hits album and it was like ooh, it's too early for that yeah i keep hearing that jay when he says that i keep hearing... yeah i do too i also love the fact that he can't say wembley wembley <laughs> <laughs> hey cc hey man <laughs> welcome dude but yeah i mean uh bands like <laughs> bands like iron maiden um have been able to sustain what they do for so long in fact i haven't finished watching it yet but there is uh there's a there's a series on on reels r-e-l-l-z um if you have that on your cable or streaming service they're doing a thing called Frontman. And they're focusing on lead singers for a bunch of different bands. They've done Steven Tyler. They've done David Lee Roth. Uh, I'm in the uh, in the middle of the Bruce Dickinson one. And it's pretty cool. you know. And it's funny because when you see these, uh, they did an Aussie one. They did the Steven Tyler one. When you see these, these documentaries on Frontmen, they all have a similar thread that runs through them that Edward Van Halen would refer to as lead singer disease. But there's a, there's a set of circumstances that draw certain personality types to be lead singers um and i saw and as i see it you know i realize as having been a lead vocalist in a band um you see those stories you go yep that makes sense that makes sense that makes sense and i'm sure when you see a biography as a guitar player you go well that makes sense that makes sense the isolation the thing that draws people into the music industry um and whatever instrument that you play you were born to play that instrument um, a combination of your own genetic makeup as well as your environmental uh, uh, upbringing has, mm -hmm. pushes you to be your personality type. Guitar players tend to be introverted personally and how they express their personality is through their hands and their guitar and then that gives yep. them the confidence to be an extrovert on stage. So uh, many weird guys come in the store and they're so weird. Well, it's a guitar store. Dan. And they yeah. play guitar and they're so good at it. Yeah, that's the thing is you see these people, people that you would never expect. Like I have friends that I've known for 30 years in the music industry that are like record company guys, promotions guys, um, producers, things like that, that I never even considered would be great musicians. Because when I meet them and I've known them and the way we interact with each other, um, mm. You know, you don't think, and then you see them sit down and pick up a guitar, and I go, "Holy shit! I didn't know that you had that in you." Um, mm -hmm. A friend of mine named David, David Steele, which is probably not his real last name. Um, David was the singer for Trash Broadway, uh, which was Joe Stump, who is an Ingve Malmsteen disciple, who's now in Alcatraz. Uh, David was the lead singer for Trash Broadway, and we used to play them all the time. The band that I was in with Wayno, and we opened for them a bunch of times, but they never saw the band. And we'd roadie for them on occasion. And and they were just thought we were just like five other guys that liked music and liked carrying their gear, lumping their gear until they came and saw us. Like one or two of them were there in the crowd when we played one night um, before them. They got there early and heard. And after stay, after we got off stage, Dave comes over and goes, man, you never told me you could sing. And I go, what the fuck did you think I do? Like you make these assumptions about people. Like I, if I met Johnny, I would never think Johnny is as good a guitar player as he is. 
because you don't know. You, you make these assumptions about people based upon your experiences, your interaction with them. And you don't realize mm -hmm. whether or not they can actually, they have a skill set that you didn't even know they had. So watching this Reels documentary, things about Bruce Dickinson that lead him to be the amazing performer that he is right now, you can see a little bit of yourself in them. And, it, and, it, and, it, and it, you learn a little bit more about yourself when you watch some of these guys. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, I'm seeing in the chat, uh, Taylor315 is asking you, Paul, about the first Ozzy albums. What about them? What's your thoughts on that? I mean, what was the high and low spots in, in the Ozzy career? I think You Can't Kill Rock and Roll is the best song Ozzy Osbourne's ever written. And he wasn't, he didn't even write it. Bob Daisley wrote it. And that was the second album. Yeah. I, I think You Can't Kill Rock and Roll is, is a fantastic song. Um, it's the one Ozzie that still gives me a chill when I hear it. Strong. Well, Bob Daisley did a great job, and they assembled a great band, and uh, and that was very well marketed at the time. Uh, I'm with I'm with uh, with Jay Hannon. Uh, I am a much bigger fan of Jakey e. Lee than I am of Randy Rhodes. I think Randy Rhodes is one of the more um, is one of the more overrated guitar players in the history of the sport. I think he was great. I don't think he's as great as people think he is. Couldn't write a song. Horrible tone. Fantastic technique. Seems like a nice guy. Did bang Sharon Osbourne, though. Kind of a mark against him. And he was he, super he did? young. Oh, yeah. But in his defense, he was super young, and he was mm -hmm. thrown into something as big as Ozzy and probably didn't have much rehearsal time and probably nope. a few more albums in, his would have gotten better and better and better. That's, that's how that you kind of gig is you don't get much time to you, you get th literally thrown into that kind of situation i think yeah. the guy that accorded himself the best in the ozzy osbourne situation was brad gillis brad gillis was put in a really bad situation to go in there and play right after randy died he had to learn <laughs> all the black sabbath records because they did that tour for the speak of the devil record um and i thought that brad gillis did a fantastic job of being in a really bad situation um, I think the Jakey e. Lee records don't get anywhere near the amount of uh, um, credit that they deserve. I think it was because Ozzy himself was more of a train wreck, was going through a lot of problems. Um, but I think some of the material on those records are very strong as well. Yeah, I love the Brad Gillis version of Paranoid. He Taylor tried 315. to make his own a little. I want to ask Taylor 315 a question. You just said I completely disagree. I thought he wrote great songs. What great songs did Randy Rhodes write? And I, I'm not trying to be confrontational. I'm asking you what songs you think Randy Rhodes was great. Because he didn't write those two records. He wrote some guitar parts on those records, but the songs were written by Bob Daisley. <clears throat> yeah, there's a, a difference. There's a dif difference between the songwriter and and the guitar parts. Yeah. Writing yeah, the guitar parts are good, but the songs are are Brad are Bob Daisley songs. Right. Yeah. A lot of the, the guitar parts you guys hear. Um, and and unless it's like the hook of the song. It, it It's it's very, very tricky. Man, I'm looking for my Brad Gillis pictures if I can. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm not in the uh, uh, I'm not in the the, the Bruce frontman episode leo i was saying you see some of yourself in these in these stories not no, i'm not in that i'm not in that thing 
Uh, I will I will shout out though our uh, our friend Greg Renoff, who is all over the David Lee Roth frontman episode and does a great job of telling the story. Uh, I think another yeah, Killer of Giants is a great song all day, all night. I also think You're No Different uh, is a very good Aussie song with Jakey uh, with Jakey Lee on it. Again, Taylor three fifteen. He didn't write those songs. No, the music. He didn't write the music either. Taylor three fifteen. Um, Bob Daisley the, wrote those songs. That's the that's the point I'm trying to make to you. Is Bob Daisley a lot like a lot like? There you go. There's Greggy. Greg uh, Renoff. There you go. Uh, oh, a lot like. Let me um, ask you another comparison for Paul. Oh no, I, I have I have interviewed Leo. I have interviewed uh, Bruce Dickinson. He's he's a great interview. Go ahead. Let's Go ahead. say the Train. lead guitar in the song Crazy Train compared to the lead guitar work in Bark at the Moon. What you got? Who's who's better? What's better? I think they're almost the same solo. They're very very similar. Um, I, I think I think I like. I like Jakey e. Lee as a guitar player better than I did Randy Rhodes. I still do. Um, let's look at the, the totality of their, of their uh, resume. All right. You got the two quiet riot records that Randy Rhodes did before Ozzy, right? Mm -hmm. They're mm -hmm. shit. They're mm -hmm. very bad. They're not good. They're so bad that CBS records still hasn't released them in the United States. You would think that with the legend of Randy Rhodes being what it is, they would have cashed in on that and they mm -hmm. haven't done so. And the reason why is because Randy thought they were garbage and Randy's family and his estate thought they were garbage. And so they, they've only seen limited release as part of a compilation called the Randy Rhodes years, the quiet riot put out. Um, so those were not good records. Mm -hmm. He made two good records with Ozzy. Didn't write those songs, played some good guitar parts on those songs, but didn't really write them. All right. Bob Daisley wrote those records. Jakey e. Lee comes into the band. He also wrote with Bob Daisley. But he also had more of a hand in writing those songs and played very, very well. And then he only made two records with Ozzy, too. So now we're talking about two records with Jakey e. Lee, two records with Randy Rhodes. The two records with Randy Rhodes arguably have better songs from start to finish than the, the two records with Jakey e. Lee. But then Jake would go on and put out Badlands records. And those three Badlands records are fucking outstanding. All right? The, the Badlands records, those the songs on those records are outstanding. And then he's put out the two Red Dragon Cartel records. Now, the first Red Dragon Cartel record, the songs would be good, but the lead vocalist is awful. The, the, I mean, it was just that was just a sort of a misstep. The second uh, uh, Red Dragon Cartel record, much better, much closer back toward what the Badlands. I think Jakey, uh, Jake did a deliberate move away from what he did in, in Badlands to try and say, hey, I'm not the guy in Badlands anymore. But Badlands with Jake and Ray Gillen, who's the most amazing vocalist that most people in the world don't know, um, and Greg Chason and and Eric uh, Eric Singer, that was a fantastic band. Um, should have been huge, came too late. Go back and to so, Ozzy with uh, and, Zach Wilde then. What would Zach do? I think the first I think the first two Zach records, I think uh um no rest for the wicked and and um no more tears are obviously fan I think no more no rest for the wicked is the most underrated um Aussie record. I would say that no rest for the wicked is a better album start to finish than either of the first two Aussie records. But then no more tears was considered a comeback record, wasn't it? Yeah, because said? because the the because no rest for the wicked slipped under a lot of people's radar. That came out in 1988 when when Aerosmith was in their prime, when 
the White Snake record was massive when um, Guns N' Roses were huge, when LA Guns were huge, when Rat was huge, and Ozzy bon was just sort of, yeah, yeah, Bon Jovi, and Ozzy was sort of, Ozzy was viewed in 1988 a lot like um, Led Zeppelin were viewed in 1979 as sort of past history, sort of moved on. I kind of like Shot in the Dark. I think Shot in the Dark is a great Ozzy tune. Love hearing that one when that comes on. And then I, I'm pretty sure Bark at the Moon is probably my favorite Aussie tune of all time. Uh, yeah, that's a great song. Because of the guitar work, man. That ending guitar solo. So good. Good shit. Yeah, and I think and there's, a, there's a good point. Um, Zach's first two records with Ozzy, he hadn't quite done overdone it on the pinch harmonics. Yeah, the pinch harmonics thing became way, became way, became, and I, by the way, I love Zach. Uh, uh, Zach is one of my radio friends. Um, you know, every time we see each other, we hang out and he gets me in a lot of trouble. He's the only reason, I, I, I have an arrest record because of Zach Wilde. He's the that's only cool. That's the, uh, yeah, it's not cool. <laughs> it wasn't cool spending a night in jail after out being out drinking with Zach Wilde. I'd go to prison with my favorite rock star. But no more tears. Remember half. Remember <laughs> half. Half Weird that hand. no more tears record. A, a good amount of that no more tears record was written by Lemmy. Lemmy wrote "Mama, I'm Coming Home." Wow. Lemmy Lemmy Kilmister wrote that song. In fact, I bet that is the money that Lemmy's estate enjoys right now. I bet that song brought in more royalties than the entire Motorhead catalog. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was that's such a great song. <clears throat> Do you do you like the breakdown in the middle of the song though, where it goes to the organ part and it just, you know, just I think it's I think it's a, and all that and it grows. I think a it's little, uh, and then I the think it comes in. I think it's Ozzy's ode to the Beatles. You remember Ozzy was a big Beatles fan. He did. He wanted um, to be and I think that was him. That was him doing his <clears throat> his ode to the Beatles, doing an epic he, song that had that little moment yeah, to it. Epic. So. He's trying to be epic. Mm-hmm. And Ozzy's another great example of a guy who never wrote his own lyrics. His lyrics were all written by Geezer Butler or other people in the band. Yeah, I have no idea what they're talking about. It's an interesting question. Randy Price asks, what do you think the next couple of Ozzy records would have been like if they'd have picked George Lynch instead of Jakey e. Lee? That's an interesting concept because, remember, at that period, 1983 through 87, was that period where George Lynch made the you know, uh, breaking the chains, tooth and nail, and uh, uh, under lock and key records with Dawkins, which were all very good records. You ask yourself, would Ozzy have sounded better singing stuff like "Unchain the Night" or "Heaven Sent" or you know, "It's Not Love"? I mean, if those songs turned out to be Ozzy Osbourne songs, mm -hmm. that I mean, that's an interesting. An interesting consideration. I think George Lynch would have been pretty cool. Yeah, I think that. Uh, what's up, Kevin? Uh, I think that, that would have worked, Kevin. I think that George Lynch in Ozzy's band would have been an interesting uh, musical collaboration, but I don't think they would have gotten along. George is a very headstrong guy, and I don't think that he he takes a back seat. That's part of the reason why that didn't work. Doesn't really work out with Dawkins. Um, George needs to be the top dog in his band and rightly so with the musical talent that he has, Man. he's difficult to work with. And I don't know that he and Sharon would have connected they very well. Yeah. 
Yeah. What if, I, I mean, what if they would have just kept Brad Gellis in? What about Brad? What if they would have just left him alone? Let Brad, you're in the band. We did the, you know, the uh, greatest hits or whatever that live thing which was was mostly it was all old Black Sabbath stuff. What if they would have just left him in there? I don't know. I, I Brad Brad basically had the opportunity, I think, to stay with Ozzy and decided that he wanted to stay with Night Ranger. Um, and Night Ranger is a good band too. I mean, their first three or four Night Ranger records were good as well. Kevin Smith, Ozzy's not done. The last Ozzy record was surprisingly good. Surprisingly good. And I'm not even talking about the Post Malone song. I think the, the last Ozzy record, but again, perception being reality, uh, I don't know that much, and they call it active rock, but new rock radio stations are not interested in playing Ozzy Osbourne music. And uh, and classic rock radio stations don't play new new music from any any sort of classic band. So from that standpoint, yeah, Ozzy's not going to get a whole lot of radio airplay, but he's putting out some pretty quality music. The last, the last couple of Ozzy records, well, Scream was a piece of shit, um, but Black Rain was great. And this last record was really, really good. Mm-hmm. But speaking of radio play, like, like what, what's it like these days with the internet and streaming and do you get like requests like, oh, yeah. like in the old day of radio? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, there's still there's still new rock radio stations. Unfortunately, um, there isn't a lot of great new rock. So a lot of the quote unquote new rock radio stations, I can tell you the one we have here in town. Um, you know, we own all the rock stations. The company that I work for owns all the rock stations in town. Um, and we've got a new rock station. We've got an alternative station. We've got a classic rock station. And the classic rock and the new rock station are the top two dogs in the market because this is Phoenix is a rock town. Um, mm hmm. But when I go into the men's room of our corporate radio station, you know, we have a little dial on the wall that has all the radio stations available for the in-house audio. I walk in and I hear who made who, and it's not on my radio station. I realize where the, where the bread is buttered. It's still about ACDC. It's still about Ozzy. It's still about what's the biggest story in rock music this week. Metallica played two shows and streamed them on Amazon Right there in San Francisco they for their, here. For, for their yeah. 40th anniversary. All my friends were there. They're all yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those, it's it's a it's a great um the reality is that new rock, the attention span for it is very low, and that's a shame because you've got bands like Dirty Honey and and Rival Sons, and you know, I've talked about the answer over the years. Um, and even Greta Van Fleet, even though I don't dig on them that much, people love Greta Van Fleet. And none of those bands are getting anywhere near the kind of exposure that they deserve because there's just no appetite for them at that level. People still want to hear the biggest stories in music. The past month, the past two months have been last week, the Metallica 40th anniversary shows that were streamed on Amazon for free and the Beatles documentary. Metallica is 40 years old. The Beatles are almost 70 years old. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're talking, or, or at least 60. You're talking about, you know, generations. Um, even when we talked about some of the bands from the 90s, that's 30 years ago. There hasn't yeah, been. The Foo Fighters are the Goo Goo Dolls. The Foo Fighters are, are almost 30 years old. I mean, that's. I'm almost think, 30 years old. <laughs> I mean, when you think about bands like that, um, you know, it's it's uh, that's the sup the tough part. Name a new band, a new rock band that anybody gives a shit about outside of Greta Van Fleet. 
Anybody in the chat? Like rock. New. New rock band. Rock, bands. rock. Rock band. Just a straight up, a straight up mainstream rock band that anybody cares about. Nothing. We'll wait. In the chat. And hey, false flag. Channel member for 21 months. Pretty reckless and pretty good. Steel Panther is nobody gives a shit about Steel Panther, Renus Pinkle. They're a joke band. <laughs> I like them. Muse, Muse have been around for years. Muse isn't new. I've had Muse in my iPod for for 15 years. And hey, uh, uh, false, false flag. Yeah, I was there when Skolnick went to play with Ozzy. I was my buddy actually built the uh, put the pickups in his guitar that he took with him. Now, I remember when Skolnick left and came back for that from that gig. Just for just for the record, music has been um, sure. the band Muse. The band Muse has been around since 1994. Yeah, they're not they're not new. No. Hailstorm's not new. Hailstorm's been around 20 years. Maroon Five's been around 20 years. Mitch Malloy's Van Halen experience. I mean, people are talking about that all over the internet. Why? And also, I somebody sent something guys. in from that. Where is that? Where did because you send that? Gave all the David Lee Roth people that missed Dave being in that band. It gave them a little tiny, you know. Here, somebody, somebody sent this in. Come in and... Somebody just sent that in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Michael Wahorlak. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> um, Airborne, nobody cares around. Airborne's been around almost almost twenty years. I mean, that's that's the point. The point is, no mammoth, maybe, Ma but but mammoth, mammoth, nobody really cares about mammoth overall. They're still playing clubs. They're and it's Eddie's kid. Um, and if you can show me some sound scan, how many how many records has mammoth sold? Well, apparently, I watched a video on a channel called Rockfeed just yesterday, and they interviewed him. And apparently, you know, the song Distance, uh, you know, um, went to number one. And then the Won't Back Down song also went to number one. I guess number one on modern rock or whatever the chart is. I don't know actually what the chart is. But they were talking him. Both those uh, songs went to number one. He thought Distance was cool. That went to number one. But that's basically because I'm Eddie's son. When when uh, Won't Back Down or Don't Back Down went to number one, that kind of turned on a little thing. Hey, you know, people actually like me. I think I can do this. And uh, he's riding high right now. He said he's going to uh, he's looking forward to the next album. And uh, he's not going to use his touring band for any of the recording on the next album. He's going to do it exactly like he did this first album and do all the uh, instruments all by himself. He's going to do it all by himself again. And he says he's looking forward to that. So that's my latest uh, on, on that. Man. All right. So, yeah, and that's great. He's excited about how the first record went. Uh, Volbeat, Jesus, man. Volbeat's been around for almost 20 years, too. He said Butcher he had a lot of fun. Butcher, on the Butcher Baby's been around for 10 years. 
there isn't a there isn't a new band out there that's causing causing people to go excited. Butcher Baby, they were all over MySpace. Right. Yeah. No. Butcher ten Baby's years ago, ten you couldn't. Years. Yeah. You couldn't go anywhere on that page without seeing them. <laughs> I remember that. I mean, Dirty Dirty Honey is arguably the best new band, new rock band out there, and they're and and they're opening for Mammoth. Yeah. We'll see. I, you know, uh, it, it would be interesting. Uh, oh boy, Black Veil Brides. That band came and went quick too. Jesus, how long have they been around? I, I would say at least fifteen years. Black Veil Brides group formed in 2006, 15 years. That's my point. They've been around for 15 years, and most people don't even know who they are. You know Mitch what? Mitch Malloy's Great White. Yes, of course. Mitch Malloy's Great White is fantastic. Nerd Halen. Trapped. <laughs> you know what sucks is that 15 years ago was 15 years ago. April Fools. Yeah. April Fools. Yeah. I. It's unbelievable. Ghost have been around for 15 years. This show feels like it's been on for 15 years. Yeah. No, yeah, we're it's done. time to wrap it up. What do you no, say? He's uh, putting his coat talk. on. Everybody's like, oh, getting ready to leave. It yeah, says it's talk. 70 degrees in here and I'm cold. Yeah. <laughs> let, <laughs> let, me, let me just let me just came in and lay down. She's like, you know what? If you don't, if you don't end this show, I will shit right here in the room. <laughs> wow Thank yeah that's so much so the point is it's not that rock is dying it's that there is no excitement out there for it there you know dirty honey is the best thing out there right now rival sons have been around for well over 10 years now um it's tough it's, yeah, real it's not tough. that rock is dying it's rock died 28 years ago Rock it's, has been rock has been dead since I don't know. Yeah, it's not it's not dead. The good bands are still out there making good music. Foo Fighters are making great music, but they're you know at some point, like Harley Davidson, at some point, the only people that are going to give a shit are going to be in their fifties and sixties, um, because hip hop has become the new rock. Country pop country has become the new rock. No, you know, hip metal works. You say rock or radio rock. Rock. Things that cause people to go to concerts. People that, like, we would turn on 2020 or or 60 Minutes and see a feature about Nirvana or a feature about Guns N' Roses or a feature about Pearl Jam. You don't see that anymore. There are no rock stars. That's true. Metallica's not dead, Steve Barton, but Metallica are in their 60s. I heard uh, sanitarium coming over here today. It's difficult it's to so it's good. difficult to stand and don't be don't get me wrong, I still love Metallica. I still they think they're great, but Metallica are like the Rolling Stones now. It just goes back to what we were saying about Led Zeppelin in 1979. At some point, new kids, young kids aren't getting into Metallica. It's me. I love new Metallica. It, it and is Johnny, Johnny may love new Metallica, but he's at the bottom end of the rung and he's in his forties. 
there it is it is dying down but still every day you watch regular television and you see a nissan ad and a girl's driving through the woods in it and you hear welcome to the jungle in the background so it's still you know it's not mainstream no that's welcome to the jungle welcome to the jungle and acdc are being used to sell luxury vehicles that's to get that's to get the attention of the fifth of the 60 year old dude sitting there on the couch sleeping yeah, he hears guy, that song and he's like, "Wait a minute, he can afford that." Yeah, when you see, when you hear is. the Hellion Electric Eye from Judas Priest being used to sell minivans a couple of years ago, you know, or that the family are singing "Crazy Train" in the car on the way to their fucking <laughs> holiday, whatever their yeah. holiday thing is. I mean, that's that's where we're at. I mean, it's not. Yeah. It's it's. Uh, I'm hoping something new comes out. I'm hoping. There's a band that's a jaw-dropping, earth-shaking, groundbreaking, kick-ass rock and roll band comes. Out. I think I think "Death by Rock and Roll" by the Pretty Reckless is the best rock song I've heard in almost a ten almost ten years. You don't know it. Go ahead. When we're done with this show tonight, look up the Pretty Reckless "Death by Rock and Roll." Fucking outstanding song. Taylor Momsen. I don't want to admit that she's as talented as she is because she can be really annoying, but she's fucking super talented, super hot. She can sing, and goddamn, did they write a great song. Nobody cares. No. Nobody cares. And that's the sad part. Even though, by the way, the Pretty Reckless has been around for a decade. You know, I have a 28-year-old daughter, and if she was sitting right here, she would argue that, yeah, you know, she'd say, oh, yeah, Metallica's good, and I know all these tunes, but my chemical romance blows their shit away. And then you'd say, yeah, but, and then she'd say, yeah, but, you know, Guns N' Roses, sure, I've heard all that, but, um, you know, <laughs> Fall Out Boy's first three albums were so much better than anything that has been recorded since, you know, 1994, you know, so she's got all the same arguments. Yeah, but my, but my but my chemical romance has been around for twenty years. Generation. But my chemical romance has been around for twenty years. I'm just saying that was her generation, and then the generation after that will have their favorites. But but that's where and you're wrong. That will have their favorites. That's where you're wrong because every year when they do American Idol or they do The Voice or they do any of those singing competitions, it's Beatles Week, Queen Week, singing Mariah Carey and or Whitney Houston songs singing even even Carrie Underwood songs are now 20 years old even I mean those songs are the songs that they're singing on these shows there's nothing new there's nothing new that's crushing people uh, even right. even I mean um Taylor Swift is the biggest selling artist you know her and Adele are fucking killing it right now but even they aren't household names you I know mean, what's with their cool household about names Taylor. their music what you know what's cool about Taylor Swift is she sold somehow she sold her her um publishing rights mm-hmm. she's recording all six of her first albums over again so that she can have her own publishing rights on the new yeah she didn't sell them albums. she doesn't own she's them she's in, she's in litigation she's in litigation with her with her former record label who owned the publishing to her music yes yeah, so um, she's going to re-record all six of those first albums yeah. And she's already had like a number one hit song where she's recorded one of her old hit songs and it's gone to number one and it's a longer, better sounding version of the old song. Thr- thrash metal and fun riffs. The reason why 
the new music isn't going anywhere. And the reason why those new metal stations turned quote unquote classic rock is because new metal doesn't sell. New rock doesn't sell. That's the point we're trying to make. And part of the problem you're might trying be to guys like us pushing back and saying, no, 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 no. You guys need to listen to Queen and ACDC and and forget about you know not about that. and all the new stuff that's coming out because it's not about that. It's Queen was the best shit ever. When a when a 17-year-old girl or an 18-year-old girl comes walking out of a mall and Creedence Clearwater Revival is on the radio on, you know, on our stereo speakers because we're set up in the parking lot doing a coat drive. And a 17-year-old girl turns around and goes, Creedence, that's my fucking jam. Why is Creedence Clearwater Revival the jam for a 17-year-old girl? Because nobody, no punk band is out there doing something that Creedence does. There's, I mean, there's when people are talking about how great the Beatles are, the Beatles are great because the Beatles are fucking great. The closest thing we have to the Beatles now from a rock standpoint is Dave Grohl. That's a fucking fact, whether we want mm -hmm. to admit it or not. Even Paul McCartney is like, Dave Grohl is exactly what I was when my when the Beatles broke up. When Paul McCartney, the greatest living rock star on the planet, put gives the flag to you and you're the guy holding it. Whether you like Dave Grohl or not, that's the truth. The undeniable are undeniable. It's insane. Mm -hmm. It's so insane yeah. that those that those guys are that 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 guys like that. Um, and don't get me wrong, there are bands out there. Look, I love Porcupine Tree. They're gonna have a new album out next year. Nobody gives a shit about Porcupine Tree. Mm -hmm. You know, I love a bunch of bands. I mean, you know, Seven Dust. I love Seven Dust. Nobody cares. I'm glad that they're still able to put out records. I'm glad that there are record labels and there are crowdfunding sites and stuff that are still supporting bands at a level that I can buy their music, which is why you should buy music and not fucking steal it. Because if you keep stealing music and you keep downloading it for free, these bands are going to go away because somebody has to pay for the recording process. Do you and think there's you. any, do you think there are um, new music not coming out and being out in the mainstream has anything at all to do with a bunch of us old boomers pushing back. We're the old guys. It's got the money. We're the old guys. No, what did I just say? Companies. What did I just say? I would love for a band to come out and shake it up. I would love for, by the way, I, I don't have old ears. A good song is a good song. There are bands that I may not fucking like that have written some good songs. What are you doing, Johnny? You all right? Yeah, I'm fine. All right. He's trying um, to go home. He's like, I'm talking. Oh. <laughs> so that's the point. Anyway, we can we can call it a day, but that's a that's that's where we're at. Yeah. Um, support music, go buy music. I wish there was a there were a rock band out there that would that would light light it up. I wish they would light it up. I, I and again, I think that pretty reckless record is fantastic. Death by rock and roll, you should go pick it up. It's the best song I've heard in 10 years. Best rock, best rock song I've heard in 10 years. It's really fucking good. Yes, that's true. So Dane's band is going to be the next big thing. Nope. We're trying to sound like the 80s. We have a slow ballad. I'm going to use my um, Rockman so that we sound like Def Leppard on it. We're not going to be the next band. We're trying to play gigs opening up for Foghat and stuff. Who? 
Right. Um, it's a great example. Dog hat. Yep. Yeah. Bob, we who's the original member in that? Uh, docking. We're trying to do that stuff. We just want to open up for <laughs> old dudes that we know. Frog hat. By yeah, the way, Hellstorm, I have listened to Larkin Poe. Um, they've been around for 15 years as well. Talented, super talented. <laughs> yes. All right. Adios, it's, it's, my friends. We're closing. Thank you so much, channel members. And don't you guys you guys can split. Oh, he just left. Um, <laughs> he couldn't wait to get the hell out. He's he gone. was like, "All right, I gotta go home." Yeah, you remember he closed at six o'clock. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. All right, we'll see you guys uh, Friday for talking Van Halen. If you guys like Van Halen, this is the this is the place you want to be. This, is it? This, it is because I, I want to be in Canada wow. talking about talking about. Van Halen with a guy who knows 60% of what we know. <laughs> That's the exchange rate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I will see you guys later on over on Twitch. I'll be doing uh, doing some GTA. Paul, I'm telling you, man, we're having a great time over there. I don't have GTA for, for the computer. It's uh, It's awesome. I don't have it for the computer, so I would have to get GTA for the computer and set up for that. But I would love to do it and come over there and shoot all of you people. <laughs> <laughs> See, you can chase you can chase me around. It's it's awesome. You so, would hate uh, me. You would you would hate me more than you do now. I would fucking I would just be like I would go there just to fuck with your game the whole time. I would just appear out of nowhere, hit you with a baseball bat, and run. That's what people do. Yeah, and uh, it'd awesome. be fucking hilarious. I just and and what we would do is record that and then run it back. We could have a, a secondary show of just you and I killing each other online, dude. That, and I bet people would watch it. That's what we're planning. We're <laughs> planning to do a, a show built within Grand Theft Auto. Well, where it's us. Well, if somebody wants to start a grow GoFundMe so, so that you can pay for my jump, my my uh grand theft auto for the computer like you've been doing for johnny if you want to support it, if you want to if you, i want a team sponsor that's what i'm looking for if you want to sponsor my virtual assassination of johnny bean <laughs> regularly on twitch find a place that i don't have a patreon or fucking venmo or anything like Man. that but uh i i would love nothing more i'm sure people would love can you imagine if the Saturday night live crew showed up in the virtual reality world and could just kill each other my that's god that's my dream awful. it would be that's awful that's my dream, man. It would be awful. You know, Caleb would just be standing on the corner looking at his cell phone, playing guitar <laughs> like, like that. Just out of no and then out of nowhere the captain would come in, shoot him in the head and run away, and we wouldn't see the captain for another 3 weeks. <laughs> Jay Jay would come in, he'd buy drugs from the local drug dealer, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that would that, be awesome. Yeah. It'd be yeah. such a good time. Uh, eventually, we're building it up. We're building it. Uh, well, I have the real guns, so I think I know what to. Uh, can I get a KSG in in Grand Theft Auto? Is there a KSG available Probably. to me? Because I don't know how to use that. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. All right, we're out of here, you guys. I'm gonna leave you guys with a short little uh, Twitch clip. Oh boy. See you later, Paul. See you, John. Thank you so much. Have fun. Thank you, everybody, for playing around. See you guys later on Twitch.
You can subscribe for free with Amazon Prime. See how much faster this jet is than that plane. I can kind of like catch you like right away. I'll fly by you. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> There's a clip. <laughs> 